0: three two one welcome to another episode of the stoned apes podcast and the three motherfuckers are back but we got some interesting guests today say hello to daddy patio and we have lance and andy you guys are like fucking podcast ogs aren't you uh i guess you
1: could say that and we've been doing it a long time but
0: 2013, yeah. yeah, is, like, when we when we started. they even event. have podcasts back then? Dude, like, yeah. What, we what, would, what platform was that on? Like, for uh, real? DOS. Well, <laughs> DOS. Yeah, yeah, it was right next to the Oregon Trail. Yeah,
2: we Paint. used to make it. We would edit it in Microsoft Paint.
0: It was crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, uh, back when we would tell people, like, what's up? You'd have to move your chair over, I think, a little bit. You're, like, six inches away.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: that's why I, like, uh... Having the headphones on, how, about, how am six, I sounding now? This sounds great, man.
0: Was that six inches? Is that in dude's size or women's size? Oh, that's, yeah, it's 100%. Okay. <laughs> All right, what was I talking about? Oh, 2013.
2: 2013, dude, uh, Motorola Razor flip phone. Yeah. Fucking, no, you would tell people, we would tell people we had a podcast and people would be like, what's a podcast? And now it's like, if you tell people you have a podcast, it's just like, yeah, whatever, everybody has a podcast. They also ask you know you're a soccer mom
0: you know it's mainstream when you watch it on Netflix like they have fucking podcast movies now. I, I just yeah. seen one the other day it's actually really great. Have you guys seen Vengeance? huh okay for real like I think it's on Amazon but you got to check this out. this dude's got a uh, plug in Amazon for no goddamn reason
1: but <laughs> Jeff Bezos he needs that mic. look yeah it's
0: worth it like this guy's got a podcast and he wants to shoot a show and he uh, this girl he's part of like hookup culture and this girl that he was hooking up with died. And then uh, he ends up going to Texas for a funeral because he gets kind of coerced into it. And then uh, it ends up being a really good show because when he's there, they're like, no, she was murdered. And it deals with like conspiracy theories and all this shit. And uh, it starts playing on all the stereotypes that you would expect it to. And then it goes a completely different direction. And uh, I watched it just because I'm so tired of fucking all the movies, man. It's like I wanted something different. And uh, it nailed it. Did a great job.
1: Nice. Yeah, I don't really watch shit. Yeah, dude. I watched uh The Boys. Do you see that superhero on Amazon? Oh yeah, I
0: love that show. That show is amazing. Dude, the last season,
4: it's like, man, y'all are going hard. <laughs> and dude, every scene you gotta be ready for like somebody's head hey, to get smashed.
0: The superhero
4: Orgy. <laughs>
0: that was
3: awesome.
4: <laughs> How about the guy exploding the guy for being in a urethra?
0: I, didn't, you know, I try not to watch that part. That was like that, so
4: weird. I was like, "That just happened." I feel dirty, and it takes a lot to make me feel dirty. Th- there's,
0: there's some shit that just creeps me out, and that was it. Yeah, but.
1: it was pretty fucked up, but it was good. It was a good
4: show. Do you feel
0: dirty? Always. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Told him I was going to do that just to see your reaction. I almost licked you. I know. <laughs>
0: I was like, "Is there a boner net?" Then, you know, there's no boundary. There's no boundaries in this motherfucker. Well, before
1: care. he came down, he was saying uh, he's going to touch your leg. Sorry, spoiler for you. Yeah, dude. Gonna, oh, you're yeah, going to do uh, that? He was thought, still do oh, fuck, I'm still going to do. it. This whole plan. We're it's talking so- about how your ball moves uh, independently sometimes. Yeah. If you get your leg touched, you ever have that happen? Like the doctor maybe touches your knee, kind of weird, and like sucks
0: your ball on just on one side. Yeah, I, not that I notice. Like, I don't have too much awareness of testicle movement. Really? Oh, yeah. dude, start oh, paying dude. attention to it, man. Balls are doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing all, all my,
2: kinds of stuff. Well, I learned about it. Well, I really started thinking about it when my stepbrother, Ian, he used to do this thing he called the scared bear. So he'd pull his balls out of his pants, just his balls, you know, out of the fly of his pants, and then he would suck them back in without using his hands. Like, he'd have his hands up, and he would suck his balls back into his pants. He's a party trick. And so, yeah, and so I kind of started thinking about That was the first time I started thinking about ball movement. Truly examining the the idea of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you said it was a party trick, so can he, like, bet someone the drink? Kick me in the nuts, and if I don't squimish, yeah. oh yeah, dude, I did not even you know think I'm saying about that. He could slip a, a punch, you know, or a kick with his balls. You know, it's been, it's a crazy idea, really. It's like a separate
1: appendage. Like yeah. <laughs> this, this is
0: apparently a martial arts skill that I haven't learned yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Rookie, that'll be next class. Some shouting. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the guys on Thursday are going to be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah, we used to have a guy in a, when I was in the army. His name was a Sergeant Spencer. Shout out to him if that crazy motherfucker is out there, but. He would always like pull his balls out, and he'd be like, is this your bubble gum? And then you would always look. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was like, I think there's hair in it. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, we, yeah. were,
4: we were doing OP4 for my company one time, and my last team leader I had before I came to team leader in the Army, this guy was best ranger competitor, uh, Dave Marino. He actually broke his back and then had to be retired. But we had done all this OP4 stuff, and he's standing there, right next to the commander and he pulls his junk out and he just stretches his sack and he's sitting there and he's looking at the commander looking down looking at the commander and the commander kept a perfect face the whole time debriefing the squad we had just played op four four and then he looks down he's like really sir look at the bat wing and he's like jesus christ sir <laughs> marino put that thing away <laughs> there are so many issues in the army. so angry the company commander you couldn't do that in the army now that was the army back in the day it's like a walking hr complaint
1: <laughs> oh yeah if your sacks barely hang out of your pants, you're going to jail, for sure. You know. You feel well, I don't wear
0: short shorts anymore. <laughs> <That> <laughs> n- too many in? incidents. Did your nuts hang that far down. Yeah. I'm getting that shit looked at, bro. Well, the <laughs> <an> old man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can't cut the the underwear out of the Ranger panties. You know, it's a fucking issue. <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Just the nuts part, though. Just, eh, well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was cool until I went to the playground. It's got, a reverse. It was it's a like, reverse hammock. <laughs> got rid of the nut cup. <laughs> It's like my favorite things in the world to wear, like fucking ranger panties. Oh, my God. They're they're so fucking comfortable. I wear them around the house. It's like a fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we get the Stoned Apes fucking ranger panties, I'm going to give them to my neighbor. I got a neighbor across the street, and uh, he does not have the body for this. It's fucking terrible, but he mows his grass in a pair of shorty shorts and no shirt, and it's a fucking thing. Like I come dude, home. Do balls hang out? No, bottom? it's so bad. Dude. Not yet. My, my eyes are raped every time. It's like it's terrible. So as oh, soon as we get these, I'm gonna go give them the stoned Apes Ranger panties. I'm gonna be like, you mowing this. <laughs> I know <think> what you're <laughs> thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, uh, Lance and I just uh, just uh, thought about speaking of balls. Being yeah, out, yeah. I don't
1: know if this will make the uh, the cut,
2: but well, you don't have to say who it is.
1: Okay, I'll just say that the uh, owner of is a haunted there a cut? place. Uh, his balls were on my couch because he's an older guy and his balls (laughs) fell out of his pants while he was talking to me. He was actually going to be on our podcast and... uh you know,
2: he was just having conversations conversation so the balls. Slowly what came out is of his a answer.
0: haunted place? Is that like a like a Halloween scare it's pretty thing? Fam- you know, there's
2: a, there's a mansion in oh, St. Louis. Oh, you're talking haunted. about the Lim <laughs> Mansion.
4: I'll say the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what? A,
0: uh, I'll get you all in trouble. Let's he, uh, do this. Podcast
4: episode name Old Haunted Balls. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: haunted
4: balls. Done. You had uh, an
1: exorcist on here, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can he exorcise the stains? The- <laughs> From my, my sofa that the, the uh, manager of the left or the, the owner left on my couch from
2: well uh, we got rid of that couch you remember we left it out by the dumpster oh, fuck.
1: I was gonna sell it on eBay with, <laughs> with that with, with that print. tag you know yeah like you know okay. the owner. Oh, so
0: what's the fucking story on this what, what, yeah what, basically how did it, you get the stain it's
1: the balls couch. <laughs>
0: What are you guys it's a doing? Permanent yeah. wet mark. Jesus Christ. Okay, it was not like, was not like a, get, a visual
1: I, stain, but there was a mental stain from what I had seen. There's a stain uh, on our consciousness yeah. from his balls, is
2: what, yeah. what he's saying. But
1: That's it's kind, it. i mean—but he's also, you know, he's somewhat famous. Not kind of a famous uh,
0: just location in, in St.
1: Louis, right and now. the owner's balls have been like—it's oh, kind of a piece of history, almost. Do you think?
0: Oh, dude, I will tell you what—I am, you know—I got traumatized at the Civic Center in Farmington, Missouri. There's a bunch of old men there that have, like, no tact whatsoever. And uh, I walked into the the shower room one day, and it's a big old locker room. And this old man is bent over, like, head between his knees, and he is blow-drying his asshole in the fucking blow dryer. (laughs) And I'm like... There, why?
3: What, what the fuck? Like, you just we,
0: described wild.
4: every YMCA in
0: America. <laughs> <And 11 a. laughs> that's so funny. We were just
2: a. talking a. about this. Those- <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were just talking about this on our last podcast about you
0: know YMCA uh, yeah. locker room shower behavior and stuff like that. Like, just- what the fuck is the point? Like, I don't understand. It's like once you get to a certain age, like these guys would stand around completely butt naked. One day I'm sitting in the locker room, and these guys are sitting in a group. There's a group of four of them, and the one guy is ass naked, and he's got his leg, Captain Morgan style, on the fucking bench, like balls to face with this other dude, and they're just carrying a conversation. And <laughs> no, I'm like, no different. fucks. No, no, no fucks, fucks given. <laughs> no, They would go into the shower, like big public shower, they go into the shower, they get the towel, perfectly good, usable towel, they'd throw it over their shoulder and just walk around. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, so, there's something there. What the there.
1: fuck is going on, Do you man? think they're just normally doing their thing or you think there's like a thrill to it, uh, you know, a little bit of weird... No, it's, it's a fetish. It's it, a fetish for sure. That's what I it seems n- like. So it yeah. has it's to like be some
0: weird Older shit.
4: guys. I think one. it takes a while to air those bad boys out. They need time. No, they're going home <laughs> it's and Joe when they... They're
0: going to go Joe when they get home. It's, it's, that's what that is. It's 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 <laughs> a level of yeah. fucking weird shit, man. There's no
1: explanation for being just naked that long to dry out.
0: I've got legit PTSD from that fucking locker room was, like, dick, was that shit that i can't
2: unsee well that's what we were saying we got you know a stain on our consciousness from the limp, those limp mansion balls they were very long dude the length of that scrotum <laughs> is something that i won't forget anytime
4: soon limp <laughs> pun intended
3: yeah there we go <laughs> oh well you
2: know it's weighted he well,
4: might limp, have passed away too. limp scrotum i don't know yeah so how
2: he, you, may, he may not be with us anymore and so think, it, and, and since you know he deals with hauntings and everything he may come back if we if we summon him through the memory of his balls. So don't be
0: busting his balls
2: too hard on the show, guys. <laughs> Great. No, no. I don't think he would be upset with with us saying that.
0: You know, I've heard for balls before. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a first. I don't have a lot of balls. Hey, we're gonna have to get a photo of this and add it to the Silverback Lounge. It's gonna have to be a fucking photo on the wall, it'll just go with the collection. Just a random nutsack, (laughs) random nutsack done. He uh, is that the moon? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna gonna go up there and be like, Hey, sir, can I see your balls? I just need to take a photo. It's (laughs) It's robust-terity.
3: robust, <laughs> robust
0: Really, it's just for display purposes only. Can you sign an India? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh...
4: I don't sack anywhere.
1: He was actually more proud of, like... He didn't, he didn't really... He wasn't big on the hauntings. Like, he, I don't know if he even believed in ghosts, which is kind of crazy, because he owned the, <laughs> the, the the mansion. But he was more into, like, his fried chicken dinner. That's what he was, like, most proud of, is, like, that fried chicken dinner you get there. Which I didn't even know they served dinner. Huh. There, yeah, I've so. never been there. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, how did you guys get into the podcast game? Like, what what's, you, you know, we're talking 2013, podcasts aren't even really a thing, and you guys wake up and you decide, I'm going to make a podcast. And, uh, and then you name it Daddy Patio. <laughs> like, what the fuck well, is for, the name? For, like, come on, I need to hear the story. The, well, the
2: reason that the name is Daddy Patio is because we thought about it for like five seconds maximum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we did not even, we barely even thought about like it. So. We were all sitting at the table. And we were like, uh, yeah, I mean, we just kind of settled on that just because it has, like, a little rhyme and it's funny and it's easily memorable. But I think it gets funnier over time because I think a lot of, like, barbecue dads slowly discover that, uh, you know, that's a nice set of syllables and they're like, this would be perfect for my uh, for my barbecue podcast or whatever. And then they go and look up what we do and we're talking about ghost <laughs> balls that are very long and stuff like that. So I think it only gets funnier with time. Oh. But um, I would say, like, how we got into it was, like, I think we always just were, you know, bullshit artists. Mm-hmm. Like, we always uh, bullshit back and forth, um, build, you know, like towers of imagination with these dumb conversations. Lance and I have made, like, hundreds of movies together. I don't even know. You know, we've lost count of it. I'm a little bit afraid point. to
3: ask.
4: <laughs> I'm not going to. Oh, lie. about, about the movies? movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so violent. Mafia yeah. Well, Lance basically kind of kills everybody in yeah. every one whoa, of the movies. But, but, yeah, I mean, like, so we kind of arrived at podcasting as, uh, you know at the time like not a whole lot of people were doing it uh, joe rogan was on it by that time i guess uh yeah i think he started in like 2009 or something crazy yeah, like yeah, that. yeah but um so there was not very many people doing it and we just thought it was uh it was just a good outlet for us to you know have funny conversations and stuff and we kind of just put it up as a way for like our friends to listen and call in and stuff like that and, yeah and uh,
1: just a way to like keep it kind of saved because a lot of the it'd be conversations where we're just like high on the roof at our old apartment yeah. and we just talk about funny shit that was like so funny at like 3am and the next day it'd be like like, forever yeah Yeah. fuck what were we talking about high
0: like us or high like in the air both, both. Yeah. both. both. Yeah, yeah winning yeah it's yeah. the best way to be hot literally yeah. and metaphoric hey yeah <laughs> which is elevated insane. stone that's the way to yeah. go
2: <laughs> well we also used to make a lot of like um not good music but we made music <laughs> like every night you remember yeah. we would like make beats and kind of freestyle and stuff like that so uh yeah i mean we've always just been kind of like improving different uh i might have to hear this like i mean it's all on do you sell that website um, magician uh magician condition <laughs> yeah but i think it's uh it's down right now i know if you don't
1: upkeep it it kind of yeah it, it it doesn't work anymore it's still on like uh my uh, whatever the website builder is but i need to fix it so no now, it's
0: not up anymore you guys mentioned uh movies right mm-hmm. now isn't one of you involved in like real movies I was and am, I guess. You're like famous, so, yes. right? <laughs> what, what what famous role did you have? Joe Dirt. Uh,
2: Joe <laughs> no, Dirt. No, no. <laughs> yeah. no no no. Well, uh, that's what uh, I morphed the, into. The all lion, the, time. the
0: lion one uh
4: the Tiger King? Yes! He's <laughs> <No. laughs> a stunt double. I was actually, uh,
2: well, Wolf of Wall Street was probably the one that most people have, like, seen me in or whatever. And, uh, What the hell know, did you do I, in that I, movie? I, I was just a uh, stockbroker. I was one of many of the, you know. I'm so I love you, were, that you were an extra
0: I, I, on Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. That was right when I moved to New York and I didn't even know what Wolf of Wall Street was. Now, did you look buddy, like Joe Dirt then? No, 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 no. no I was very mm-hmm. clean shaven, clean cut. They would cut your hair and shave you every day and, uh, I had wardrobe that was like 90s specific for, uh, you know, like to look like a 90s business dude. I had my own uh, little desk and like office and computer and stuff. So, do you have return to the same set every day, same spot? The
1: timestamps of the movie where you're, you pop up one of them, he's, no. he's in the middle of the screen smiling. Yeah. I've it's only him. seen
2: it once, actually. Uh, yeah. I saw it with my brother in the theater. My brother like pointed me out like more than I even remember <laughs> being in it. So, I'm assuming like the scene where,
0: uh, uh steve mad comes in with his shoes and they have like all the brokers out is that like a scene that you're in i was
2: in that i don't know if you can see me in it but i remember that yeah i was did, i was there for so that. did
0: you get paid well
2: for that um not really because i was non-union but through that i was able to join sag so i became a union member after that and then i made most of, i mean like i pretty much made a living Doing extra and um, standing gigs in uh, New York the whole time I lived there because mm-hmm. I joined the union through oh. Wolf of Wall Street. Do you get know.
0: residual shit from that then, or is
2: it no? Unless you done. get a uh, like a real like speaking role, you don't get residuals. Mm-hmm. Which like I was I was kind of more interested in like the crew side of things, you know. So I, I liked doing stand-in stuff because I would help with the crew and stuff like that. And uh, I was also like I moved out there thinking that I would do more editing rather than being on set. But, you know, I mean, I just kept getting calls for uh, being an extra in these in these movies and shows and stuff, and it paid the bills, so I just kept doing it. Did you get to meet Jordan Belfort, that, the um, real guy? No. I did get to meet Leonardo DiCaprio, and I talked to him, like, briefly, and I met Jonah Hill and Martin Scorsese. Are they all cool? Yeah, yeah. Every one of them was cool. Um, yeah, I didn't have any, like, negative uh Interactions with any of them. And uh, like, it was cool to watch them like, uh, do their craft, you know? Like, Leo would do very long takes and then just like, they'd want to do it from another angle. He would do it perfectly again, you know? Like, he was really an amazing actor. So to watch him like do that live was really cool. Um, but yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I worked on Boardwalk Empire for a while. I was like a, uh, I was a whiskey bootlegger. So I was like a, a whiskey boy in, uh, what's his name? Mickey, Mickey's still. Yeah. So I worked in Mickey's still. And, uh, yeah. Um, I was Spider-Man's. I was the hand double for Peter Parker in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So <laughs> when you see his hands grab a calculator and stuff, that's my hands. You so. need an OnlyFans.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Just only hands. Just your hands. Yeah. Only yeah.
2: hands. You're, yeah. you're
1: like a Marvel hero. I you would subscribe. I, but but now
2: <laughs> um, now I'm more into, uh, I'm back on doing like crew stuff. So I do sound for like film and TV. I do like some of these uh, true crime documentaries for Discovery ID. I do the audio for it and stuff like that so I'm not really like on screen anymore I mostly just do back uh yeah just uh crew stuff which is initially what I wanted to do anyway um I just kind of fell into doing the extra stuff and it it was fun you know I mean it was like as much or more money than being a PA so it was like I could just play dress up basically and you know be on set meet people and it was good I'm super grateful for the whole experience. So an extra real talk what kind of money do people like that make? Well, it depends again on if you're a union or not. Um, when I was there, like non-union, you would get paid like I think it was like eighty-five bucks for like a day or something oh, like that. Shit. So it was not good. But then if you were union, I mean you could make two, three hundred bucks in a day, depending on um, you know like when you get breaks, if it's exterior, uh, if you have to smoke, if you have to get a haircut, all that stuff is pay. You get extra. You check different boxes basically. And there's a union rep that will come and they make pay sure you, get you paid extra for, for
0: smoking yeah
2: yeah. so I had to f- I had to smoke uh, herbal I'm cigarettes moving. I'm moving to Hollywood guys. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> there was there was one show uh, I think it was called Mozart in the Jungle it's like an Amazon show or yep. whatever yep. and I was a stoner on that show so I smoked a whole lot of fake weed that day and got paid a whole lot of money for it so That's it was awesome. cool but it they wasn't real you weed smoke you know? real weed no no it wasn't real weed Yeah. Well, what the fuck yeah um, I imagine some productions you do smoke real weed on you know but. I'd be really disappointed
0: if they didn't get really high on how high yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Or half baked. It yeah. Yeah, has to be real. Yeah. Like, come on.
1: It's crazy, though, like how long you're on the set, though. You might be there for like 16 hours. Yeah, and then if they do the same take like
0: 20 <laughs> times,
4: you're just out of your mind. You
1: start drinking it. Yeah, yeah. 8 a.m.
4: Is everybody carrying Cheetos around. Yeah.
0: And the, don't they? They film all this shit like in broke up pieces. It isn't mm-hmm. necessarily yeah. like you see in the movies. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they piece it all together. So, I, I've heard a lot of people that I've known that have worked with movies that say you really don't know what the final product is going to be until you see it like yeah. when you yeah. watch it the first time that's when you really have an idea yeah. like what you've done for sure yeah
1: it's yeah it's like yeah just i mean editing in you kind of
2: you kind of almost make the movie in post you know like in editing it's yeah. like because everything before that is you know i mean like it is obviously you film it and everything and it all like it has some it resembles some narrative but it isn't until you really cut it together and there's a rhythm of editing and everything, and sound also.
3: Like the um, screenwriter
2: and
4: producer are the only people who really know what the fuck's going on.
2: Y- on set, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> so do they have
0: you stand in on any sex scenes? No, no but come uh, on. on Wolf of Wall Street, Stuncock. there was a, uh, <laughs> I was like, there's naked chicks yeah, in the he office. He was Jonah Hill's yeah. dick. We need The,
2: the penis double for Spider-Man, the amazing <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man 2. Uh, the sack double.
3: But, yeah, no, there was one day on it was Wolf House. Toad
0: hand job hand. <laughs> he's like, look, we can give you a prosthetic or we can just let somebody else stand it. Yeah. It's
1: actually Toad Maguire's dick, but it's his hand. Yeah. The hand the, uh, it's his His hand. hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. His hand makes we it look see. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, so, really, so I jerk, jerk him off. You jerk him off. He's the one it's use a his his self
2: hand. jerk off scene, right. but it's my hand and his dick. You
4: got it. <laughs>
2: it's <a> stunt hand. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Makes do perfect it. sense, dude. This hey. is the art of filmmaking. So you guys know, you guys yeah, understand. No, absolutely. Yeah.
4: Everybody's got a
0: price, and now we know what it is. So, do, so, you, 80, bucks a 85 day? so how do you go from? How do you go from Hollywood back to Missouri, or have you always been based here?
2: Uh, well, I was born and raised in St. Louis. Uh, Lance and I met when we were five years old on the first day of kindergarten yeah. uh, at the bus stop, and we've been making bullshit movies and and um, you know like Talkboy tapes and stuff like that ever since. Um, I moved to New York just for a little while just because, I don't know, I bought it one way and just wanted to go uh, experience it. I always wanted to do it, so I did what that. What is a Talkboy tape? Oh, you remember in uh, Home Alone 2? You remember he has the talk boy? It's like he's a like gray a tape recorder credit card. Oh, oh, yeah. You yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, he's a little uh, tape thing. Actually, the Talkboy is instrumental to the storyline of uh, him being lost in New York because he looks down to change the batteries, and he changes the batteries and he looks back up, and sees that other dude in his uh trench coat oh, yeah. and he thinks it's his dad and he follows the wrong guy on the plane so that the talk boy dude kevin McAllister, would have never been lost in new york and neither would i have been i guess <laughs> now that i'm saying that but um
3: but yeah no Fair i just I, I moved there
2: just for uh just to fuck around i mean um i was always interested in it uh it was always something I wanted to do, so I moved there and, so and did it.
0: So, what is Hollywood culture like? Like, what's it like to be in Hollywood with the movie stars, with the with the directors? Like, that's a really interesting
2: thing. Well, I think that, like, um, as far as being on set, even here, you know, I continue to work on set, being a sound mixer and a boom-op. Um, so, I think being on set has its own set of, like, norms and, you know, vocabulary and, um, you know, things like that, and... So I kind of got accustomed to that really fast by being in New York and being on these huge sets, being on something like Spider-Man, Boardwalk Empire, or um, Wolf of Wall Street. You kind of get accustomed to those norms pretty quickly. And then so now working on set again, it's served me well to know, you know, like what's normal and, and how to interact and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's showbiz. It's like you're creating an illusion and uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a an illusion that everybody kind of shares the responsibility of making and uh it's fun so i think down at the core of it like the idea behind it is the imagination or fun which is why it's a cool thing to pursue you know i think it's a lot of fun but there are egos and stuff like that that sometimes you know it's like there's it's interesting because like um you know you're making a movie you're you're making an illusion but also even like on set it's almost an illusion because it's like everybody has these different roles and everything mm-hmm. everything's an illusion your
4: job your identity everything you know you so, know what's crazy is i <clears throat> when I ran a martial arts school, one of the moms who I, I taught her boys, her and I became friends, and uh, we'd go to coffee a few times, and she was actually best friends with Olivia Newton-John. And she had actually been an extra on Saturday Night Fever. Um, she almost was on Grease, and she was telling me she grew up partying with at that whole time in Hollywood and uh talking about the ego thing like some of the names she dropped and I'm not I won't talk about it on here but you know I will say obviously Olivia Newton-John was her best friend she said John Travolta was actually an awesome awesome dude and some of the people you wouldn't think she was like yeah douchebag yeah they're yeah, pretty cool that. and some of the people who you think it'd be the other way mm-hmm. she was like no like great human being, you know why? Yeah. It's
1: because they're great
4: actors, you know? right?
1: Right? They right, be right? Like they're like actual persona, yeah. And uh, some can just drop right out of it. Yeah.
3: Well, that
4: that
0: leads crazy. into my next question. So when you were offset. Like, what's the Hollywood nightlife like? Do you guys all hang out? Did you go out? Did you party? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, man. Lots of blow. (laughs)
2: Lots of blow. (laughs) And according to Wolf of Wall Street, hookers as well. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole, like, stripper scene, that was a wild experience, you know, um, because it was a fake party, but at the same time, it felt like a real party, you know? We're all, like, partying dressed as 90s stockbrokers and stuff. Um, And, But, yeah, no, I would hang out with some of the people I met on set. And, uh, yeah, they were a lot of fun. We had a good time. Yeah, we would... uh, I don't know, go out to the bars, get pretty uh, turned up and everything. In New York, it's easy, too, because you never have to drive. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can get all fucked up, and as long as you got your wits about you enough to get on the train and get back to your apartment, then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we got into some wild stuff when, when you were in New York. Yeah, it's, I slept on a hard time for a couple
3: months. It.
0: So there's my argument for public transport.
3: Got yeah. it, check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you can get oh, as
2: fucked up as you want. We, we, need, to, we need to expand, right? <laughs> yeah. We did still need that to be that able Christmas to travel free you while fucked uh-huh. up. <laughs>
0: oh
2: we stole a christmas tree
0: one night we got all fucked up okay the big Chris? ass new york one or so you dressed up like the grinch and you went and you stole a fucking christmas tree like let's hear this story oh man wait wait, wait. Well, let's start this off with allegedly
3: yeah allegedly <laughs> yeah
2: allegedly. um yeah no i don't know me and my friend kenny we were just walking um like to this bar we were going to it was like a a uh, it was a sausage place you could get all kinds of different sausages and there were all these different sauces and shit so we were going to the sausage place to drink some beers eat some sausages you know get turned up have a good night and so we walked past a christmas tree lot like on the way there and we were kind of eyeing this one we were like damn there's like nobody even watching this you know <laughs> so we got out, so we went there had a whole bunch of sausages um you know had a whole bunch of beers and we were walking back we just made eye contact and we just kind of nodded at each other i grabbed one end kenny grabbed the other end and we were just running down the street in brooklyn with it uh my friend nate was there too and he was running with us and then when we got to the train station um all the people that were there helped us get it up and over the turnstile not knowing that they were a betting and a crime, you know, they thought it was like Christmas magic that they were <laughs> helping two people to get their Christmas tree home, but really they were, you know, helping us steal. It was actually a <laughs> was Grinch Was it fully action. decorated? No, no, no. Yeah, it was just a regular one. Dude, like, I'm picturing so this, like the lights dragging behind you. I, I like, got, fucking ornaments this was everywhere. in Brooklyn though. So if anybody uh, like understands it's this, like, This was in Brooklyn and we had to change trains twice to get all the way up to Harlem. So we had to bring this thing in and out of two different trains. And there was one train where there was a guy playing like bucket drums and he was taking pictures with us and everything with the Christmas tree. There was another train where it was somebody's birthday party and there was all these balloons and we're all taking pictures with the stolen Christmas tree and everything. It's fucking hilarious. And then we got it all the way back to the... uh, apartment which was a five-floor walk-up so then we had to go all the way up all those stairs belly full of sausages and uh bud heavies and then uh yeah we decorated it only with uh with bud heavy cans dude i
4: had a mental image of the most redneck thing (laughs) you've ever seen i'm picturing you and all i hear is hey man Gonna go get fucked up on some sausages to the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude,
2: sometimes that's what happens, man. Hey, you asked about the Hollywood nightlife, you know. That's it. It's just a
1: whim. Everything's on a whim yeah. in, in New York City. There's so many crazy Dude, things happening simultaneously. It sounds
0: so much like the army. Man, I, was, I think our last uh, guest would have cringed at the word bud. <laughs> that's just Bud Heavies. Bud heavies. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck shit. Yeah. So, oh my god. You know,
4: they say that's like uh what what's the um what was it? It's the What's the same thing about American beer in a ca- fucking in a canoe, or yeah, having sex in a canoe? It's right. fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> mm. the, the, so. the big beers, the
1: big beers, our so microbrews are, are decent. Yeah. Well, the microbrews, sure, yeah, but, but but yeah, the rest are
0: water. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's shit. Like dude.
1: Yeah, I went hiking one time and we drank whiskey the whole time, which is a terrible idea. But then we like made a fire. And drank, we drank like Budweisers. It was like drinking like an Aquafina, man. It was oh, like it quenched my, no. it quenched my
0: oh, thirst. Like, you know, yeah. you get these guys right. They're like, oh, man, I drink a thirty pack every night." It's like fucking oh, natty light, dude. Like seriously, that's not even a fucking glass. Natty light with electrolytes. Like no shit. no, no wonder you can drink a thirty pack. All you're doing is peeing. Fuck the beer I made for your wedding. I used to hydrate
4: like that for runs
0: every night. What are you I'm literally talking about? Dude, uh, so we used to, well, anybody that's ever been in the military, we used to get fucked up. Like, when I went in the Army, the Army wasn't like it was today. Like, we were basically a bunch of fucking frat kids. And uh, we'd go out and we'd party all night and we'd fucking get just toasted well you know usually around that like two or three o'clock in the morning you got to make this decision because the bar shut down at 2 30 pt starts at 6 30 so depending on how drunk you are at 2 30 depends on whether you're going to go home and go to bed or if you're just going to keep on keeping on Damn. and one night i was like you know i was a little too gone and i was like fuck it there's just no way i'm just gonna have to keep going and so we show up to pt it's like 6 30 in the morning and uh they're like all right all right we're going to long gym today we're doing drown proofing And I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck. So we run over to the gym, and I look at my friend Nick, and I'm like, all right, dude, here's the thing. If I look like I'm drowning, I am. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) save me. (laughs) I I had to fucking try to pass that thing drunk as shit. It was terrible. Dude, when I was training for Delta Selection,
4: my buddy Hopper lived with me, and him and I, no exaggeration, would kill a fifth of Bacardi every night. And the next morning, we would grab those big monsters, like the one that looks like a mortar round, and slam those on the way in, listening to yin-yang twins as loud as we could. And then I'd be there running PT for the squad as the alpha team leader, and we'd be weaving. My guys would be like, and just look down, and I'd be like, evil grin, because you're "You're about to sober up while I get out. Because I was working out three times a day. Like, I was an animal. (laughs) And, and And I had to, like, work through
0: this process right it was yeah. stupid that's amazing how much more you can do like when you're young yeah, like, you're oh my god is, man oh my god yeah like yeah the, that shit now would kill me i would just die and now you have it, a couple
4: too many drinks or whatever and you're just like i need the day
0: oh dude, i need that's, the whole day that's yeah. the whole reason why i smoke weed now like for real like if i have one too many drinks it takes me three four days to get over that shit mm-hmm. like at, at my age that's a fucking no-go but, you know, I'm acting as high as I want and wake up in the morning and feel like gold. Like, I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I haven't smoked in a while, but if I started smoking again, I would be the same way with, like, like it takes me a second to kind of adjust to, like, smoking again. Or anything, really. Nicotine, even. It's just, like, yeah. it, it takes my body a second. Caffeine, I'm good on. I'm pretty hyped up on that. Um, <laughs> I live on caffeine. I just oh, yeah. do an IV.
0: I wake up in the morning and just put the IV in and just carry it with me. <laughs> oh, fuck dude. it. I'm cranking those Celsius energy drinks from the
2: gas station now, dude. One of those, two of those, and you can do anything. I'm telling you, you'll believe you can do anything, <laughs> which means you can. I drink so, so much caffeine. Hate. Two You're of those, I'm probably Manifesting greatness through Celsius <laughs> Celsius <laughs> Celsius i multiple. <laughs> right. So,
0: so we we heard your story, Lance. What's yours? Like, what, what cool is that shit my have you story done? that I steal Christmas trees
2: in, in New York? <laughs> it's a good, point. A good story. It's a, it's a, it was a good story. It's a right. good story. I was fucking
1: born and then I came here.
2: Uh, um, no, I. Uh, I, well, just,
1: I welcome.
0: Just, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is all new to well, me. We landed. <laughs> welcome to Earth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only thing I know is uh, Dick Pointer's balls, and that's it. And uh, Every time he else. blinks, he sees it. Yeah, it's they a flash in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. I mean, there's too much in my life to just cover, but related to New York um like I try, I stayed at Annie's couch for like 2 months and I started doing like extra roles nothing major um and I tried there was one role that was like cuz they do like descriptions like hipsters or uh uh criminal that with beard me. yeah he was hipster was, every time he just looked for all the hipster, hipster roles. I hipster like a thousand Yeah, which is like you look for your your gimmick and yeah. it's uh for me I, I saw criminal with beard on payphone I'm like this is badass dude I'm gonna be a fucking <laughs> bank robber or something and so I go to to the uh the place—it's on the case of Paul Zahn. It's like an investigation discovery show. It's on HBO now or Max, and they—they uh, they take me over to New York or uh, New Jersey, and we're on the uh, New Jersey Turnpike, and you can't turn around. And they're telling me about the guy I'm going to be playing, and it's a real criminal. And he's like, "Yeah, this guy uh, killed and raped some kids." And I'm gonna be playing. My face is gonna be the guy that killed and <laughs> raped real kids. Oh, you're, so you're uh, you signed up to be a new and pedophile. He was <laughs> <kind of> pedophile. <laughs> I was typecast kind of as a pedophile in my first fucking role, dude. Oh, fuck. And so I was like fucking getting the sweats and shit in the backseat of that car. I was thinking like, this is like to catch a predator or something. Dude, people are gonna be associating me with this pedophile, and. Uh, they're like, oh, no, it's all kind of like, you know, they kind of blur your face a little bit and all this other shit. And, uh,
3: yeah, right. You've
0: got a career as <laughs> an actor for Dateline. <laughs> you're at the, gro- you're at the grocery <laughs> store and some little kids like, oh my God,
3: oh, he it's touched me! <laughs> Stranger <Straight laughs> to <nature.
0: laughs> <laughs> So I, I see you have a
2: ring, so I'm assuming you're married. I am married. So was no. that like the opening question? You're like, hey, what do you do for a Well, I was a
0: pedophile I was once. A pedophile. Yeah. Dude, well, not a, I'm not just a pedophile, but I play one on They're, TV. Right? So, oh, man. No. so I showed, uh, you know, I used to be extremely overweight, and uh, it happened to me in a time when I was in the guard, and so we were one day we were looking through photos, and I was trying to find photos of when I was overweight, and you know, to kind of show somebody, and uh, my daughter was with me. And we're all sitting around, and I find this one photo of me in a motorcycle. And when I was in the guard, I didn't have facial hair except for a mustache. And, uh, you know, is was that old, like, Hitler-style mustache or whatever. And, and my daughter sees it, and the first words are going to her. She goes, oh, my God, you look like an Italian pedophile. <laughs> grounded for life love her so much she wasn't wrong from, ma- <laughs> <It's so laughs> from the mouse from the like, of babes objectively she uh, nailed that one yeah. you said yeah. a hitler style mustache oh you it, have to you so have to in it's the military it has to
4: be inside your uh oh like the corners so, of your mouth yeah, yeah. so this okay. this actually happened me and uh, ranger were in missoul we had a safe house that was a flower factory terrible idea we literally built fighting positions out of these, like, 100-pound bags of flour, like massive bags of flour. Ghost. And, uh, dude, well, and I was like, this is terrible. One RPG, because flour is an accelerant, right? You get blown up, it could go badly. But anyway, we had a machine gun position. Our squad was manning, and we were letting our guys eat, and the brigade commander comes out, and I swear to God, New has this, like, uh, Doc Holiday long, crazy mustache, And uh, like curled and everything, and the brigade commander walks up, and uh, we're smoking cigars rotating behind the gun and the M14, and he's like, uh, brigade commander walks up, he goes, that's a pretty uh, epic mustache you got there, Sarnu, and he's like, yep, sure is, sir. And he's like, yeah, you know that's a little out of regs, right? He's like, yeah, roger that. He's like, I'm going to need you to save that, or shave that. And he's like, yeah, that shit ain't happening, sir. (laughs) bird, colonel.
0: (laughs) News like, yep, nope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i had a i had a goatee back then and so every time i'd go to drill i'd shave it chop for, it off i'd chop it off for drill and then i would just grow back the goatee and you know thankfully i can't grow hair on my head but i can grow hair on my face in like three days so you know it was it was just an okay thing yeah like a mustache with titties dude it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah
1: can I tell you guys about how I stole a kid off a playground? Fuck you guys yeah! Want to hear about that. No wonder
0: you were typecast. <laughs> <laughs> so no, allegedly a pedophile, now a kidnapper. Okay, this is going well. <laughs> no, the role. There's a movie about that out right now. So,
1: so it, 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 it was uh, it was criminal on payphone. That's what I thought it was all gonna. It was only gonna be, but they took me to this playground, and there was a l- lady there with her her daughter, and who the mom's okay with like her daughter playing like a kid getting captured it was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, and uh I had to like steal the little girl and like put her under my arm and like run away like with her under my arm like a football. It was fucked up. It was so weird. And uh it was just you know I was like trying to be like hey this is just a movie. We're all we're all just acting because it's a little girl. She doesn't know like the, I mean it was really weird. Curious um, how many
4: extras need therapy.
1: Dude, yeah. I'm just picturing <laughs> you, I'm just, you and the little girl. I'm just picturing yeah, I need this therapy now. I'm yeah. just
0: picturing this big bearded motherfucker running Dude. around with this little kid screaming in his arm. Shut up!
1: Dude. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, when, I, when I was on the phone, my lips were like talking to the phone and they played <laughs> the actual criminal's voice because this guy was like a sick fuck and you would call the family and be like, yeah, I got your daughter. I'm going to fucking kill her. And so it'd be my lips on the phone like, and they'd be the criminal's voice. So it'd be my lips on the TV, the actual criminal's voice coming out of my lips and then fl- cut to like the victim's family
0: being like, mm.
3: he
1: fucking killed. Like it's everybody who's watches is associating my face yeah. With the watching, guy that he
0: killed. Yeah, watching you with right. like rage. We need to yeah. find this. This is a movie.
1: <laughs> no, it's a, it's an episode. It's a crime show episode. In the show notes. This is
0: gonna be the screenshot <laughs> for the episode <laughs> right now. You are gonna what? be fucking infamous.
1: In the show On the case notes. with Paul on.
0: What say that again slowly? On the case. With on Paul the case. Azan. With Paul Zahn. All right, audience, look that shit up.
1: But yeah, you don't know which episode. Find his
0: lips He's got like seven. Just
1: look for those <laughs> look for my lips, so You'll recognize him
0: by his lips. I'm been I'm binge watching that tonight. <laughs> Can you tell what I
1: look like by my lips smack in the microphone and then be able to see that on the TV screen? I don't know. I just <laughs> want to see
0: you run off of the fucking camera. <laughs> I'm know, sure. I'm sure I'll figure it out then. I, <laughs> I don't know there's there lips
1: anywhere. It was brutal, man. I, didn't, I don't know if I acted after that. I was like, dude, fuck New York. I'm done with this shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood cheat don't him up blame and you. I don't blame you. They gave me 80 bucks and a pizza. <laughs> so, for, for being a career-long for being a, pedophile? Yeah, for being <laughs> my screen, my for face being, being on the face. screen forever. So, Sabotaging his that's reputation. That's like as
0: bad as those people that, what do they, they they get over there with like a fucking VD shit. Yeah. It's like, well, I have syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I got my herpes under control. Yeah, fuck uh, you. On the commercial. Yeah, yeah right. I'm not putting yeah. that shit. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. But billboard. they're probably
2: rich for life, dude. They're probably set. You oh, got a man. Beach I, house. I don't know. Got a beach house on that herpes money. You, you know? yeah, <laughs> <you> know, <right? laughs> Driving
4: down the road to the fucking billboard.
0: I, I cured herpes, <laughs> and you can
1: too.
4: I got that Pfizer money, son.
1: Uh, I'm curious <laughs> on what they like sign up for, because I sign up for criminal with beard, and I got more than I asked for. Or looked at. Well,
2: I didn't know what I was getting with Wolf of Wall Street or whatever, you know. I mean, I think that's how the casting emails kind of go, you, you know. Can you read you off know, this board
1: know. with a uh, red dot on your face, please? You know, it's like for the herpes commercial or something like that. Like they don't <laughs> tell anybody anything. Yeah. You know? Medical I patient. Think I, should, I think I could sue almost on how they... they. Uh, you check. should try, dude. I'm going to sue Yeah. Get, yeah. That gonna get that pedophile money. I'm going to get that pedophile money. I want to
0: know, like, i know a lawyer. i
4: hope help you. When you're the guy... <laughs> that everybody wants for all the side effects of every medication they're like get us the guy get us the guy to read the side effects you know what i mean like yeah. that's a dude with well, the ma- job many yeah. years ago he's like all like, right cracking his knuckles i'm here to work folks
3: i
0: hey, <laughs> remember years ago when the the point would always air like they would have those uh medical testing like you know those experimental groups so you could go get money mm-hmm. right and so i was broke as shit back then and i was kind of hurting for money and so i was like yeah so i'd always listen to those you know and think and this one day I'm driving through the Walmart parking lot in Festus and uh, they come on and it's like, "Oh yeah, would you guys like to join this study blah 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 blah" and they go down it and then they're like, uh, yeah, we're just doing a study on the bubonic plague." And I'm oh, like, "Oh no. Who the fuck signs up for this?" Like seriously. Like no. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that a is. bad sci-fi movie <laughs> that, waiting now. They were like, "Come in, we're going to do this study." We're Sorry. gonna give you the plague, but don't worry, it'll be okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not the plague. Explode. Plague. It's just the bubonic. Plague. Just just, yeah, the, just the bubonic like, plague. Guys, Everything's fine. Like fucking Ebola. No.
4: <laughs> That's God fucked damn it. up. No. You know that
1: shit's still around too. On uh, yeah, groundhogs and uh, prairie dogs. They just had an mm.
0: outbreak in Texas. Doesn't like the understood? doesn't fucking armadillos carry one of those leprosy? Uh, leprosy. Leprosy. Supposedly, yeah, but have you ever heard fucking...
1: of someone getting leprosy from touching? An I don't know. I don't fuck with armadillos. I
2: touched them.
0: Oh, good luck. Were you there when Tony found that one? <laughs>
1: That's the one I touched.
2: Yeah. 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 We Bra- like f- brain one
0: we... to jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> we found one. Or you Tony think staff one. is bad? Come here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> want to win
4: every match? Come in with a pet armadillo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they used to put you on an island with other people with leprosy back in the day because be, they didn't want everybody to get canadis. You know, being
2: on a herpes billboard is almost like the modern day being a leper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense?
0: It's got to be terrible. How does your dating life go after that? Like seriously,
2: what, you, after you have on to the move. Oh, you're the or herpes after, guy. Or after getting, or, uh, you, you have to be like you have
0: to be like those fucking cam people, <laughs> or whatever. Equally you, bad. You could <laughs> be like, all right, I'm going to do this. You can put me on a billboard, but this has got to be at least like 250 miles from my fucking house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even then, you know. I mean. Yeah, it's a can't neck. be in the zip code. Yeah, no, my shit. They'd put that like right down the street from the office.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Massive
0: sign right, right, right behind of... the <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
4: shop here. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, he's
1: got the bubonic plague. <laughs> oh my god,
4: <laughs> it's the plague guy, mommy. Yeah, um, I got the
2: plague, but it's not a big deal or anything.
1: You yeah. know. <laughs> You guys, ever like think about just living in medieval times and just how fucking stinky and
0: horrible all,
4: it'd be all the time? Yeah, be <laughs> not for the, so the same reasons,
3: exactly
0: not, the too, not
4: for the same reasons you're thinking. <laughs> I think about that,
0: like, I think about that sometimes. It's like, you know, I think about that in relation to like standard of living. Like, if you think about it, if we all live like kings and queens, in fact, way better, oh, you take yeah. the richest king or the richest queen from the 1500s, they lived in a tent, and you yeah. look at our fucking life <laughs> right oh, now. yeah. Like, Show, dude, sh- come on! Yeah. Just turn a faucet. Winning, on his, dude like, magic. Yeah. Show a
2: king Uber eats. It would blow their mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can touch a button on a screen and a pizza arrives at your house. Unfucking believable. <laughs> hey, all the jewels in the world, back in- then are nothing compared to plumbing. this. Indoor <laughs> plumbing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on.
2: <laughs> so Even just that being able
4: to wash your I face. I remember me and New and Rawa, and we had been uh, we we're taking down this Al Qaeda stronghold and we were out there literally living under camo nets the moon dust was so high it was literally up to our knees and we had had no showers no laundry facilities like you could take your top off and there was so much salt i could stand my top up on my cot like a mannequin yeah it was that stiff and we actually had one of the wives through mail mail us a washboard we were behind a water mm-hmm. buffalo cleaning shit like oregon trail style and they finally i remember installed these showers Because before that, we got yelled at because they were like, look, for hygiene, you guys have to shower. And there's pallets of water that have been left out in this open area in a 100 and probably like 30-degree weather. And we were all butt naked when these females came to deliver this shower-like unit. And they're driving through, and there's four dudes butt naked, on pallets individually each, back-to-back, dumping these scalding (laughs) hot bottles of water over our heads, butt naked. (laughs) And these girls are like, oh, my God. And when we finally had those showers where you could flip a switch – on a generator, I was like, "Fucking first world problems, dude." Oh, I know, man. It was something
0: else. When when I went to Iraq, uh, we didn't have any any facilities. We didn't have latrines. We didn't have water for like the first forty five days, and so we were, you know, shitting in the barrels and doing mm-hmm. all that stuff, and you know, burning we, your own and, shit and, and baby yep. white baths and whatever. And uh, so when we finally got to the compound, we were at the two seventy Thunderdome. <laughs> And uh, what they did is they, on the other side of the wall, they had drilled into the street and they tapped into one of the pipes mm-hmm. and they ran this plastic pipe over and then they put a fucking handle on it, right? And then they were like, take a shower. This shit was like 30 degrees. It was so cold, like when it hit you, you just lost all your breath. And they had to threaten people with Article 15s to shower. It's like, imagine how bad that has to be that after 45 days of not showering, you're still like, eh, Article 15 doesn't really sound that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, this <laughs> Fuck is, this. This is that's not Oh cool. dude, I
0: remember the day the porta shitter showed up when we got porta potties. That was the greatest day of my life. Like now I laugh at people. They're like, oh my god, they got porta potties. I was like, dude, that's fucking first world shit right oh, there. I'm not gonna
4: talk about it on here. If you've ever if you wanna be entertained, look up Donnie O'Malley. He's a Marine Corps dude. He's got all these skits, he runs vet TV. He's got something about a port shitter that's oh, absolutely dude. hilarious.
0: I almost died in a porter shitter I almost died in a... Ha- we well, a, I talked about it. The yeah. mortars and that one that almost Well, mine's not me. nearly as cool as yours. Mine was because I was an idiot. So they always told us, like, don't buy chicken and shit from the markets and stuff. And so uh, I gave money to one of the interpreters to go <laughs> well, to... Well, why not? Uh, because it's like, we'll kill you. Oh, like, I learned this the hard way. It's been sitting out for a yeah, while. Yeah, it's like, you know, they, they, oh, everything there is just like these bamboo stick markets. They don't have like Walmarts, right? It's so, all contaminated. Somebody, just, all, yeah, yeah. somebody
4: just ax-murdered if a chicken can, that's feeding off a of shit
0: water. Picture, mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. Highway 6167, right? Mm-hmm. Two lanes on each side. And then on the side of the highway, about the size of Walmart and a Walmart parking lot, is nothing but bamboo stick stands and in those stands is everything that you would ever want to purchase bottles Produce, of propane pro i mean everything mm-hmm. everything and so all of your groceries all of your tvs whatever you want to buy clothing it's all purchased there in the market and so i sent this interpreter down to buy a chicken and then he came back and uh i ended up eating the chicken and, and i was like oh my god it was so good you know you've been eating mres for like forever right so having any real food was like fucking amazing and um, then the shits came And so it was like the fourth or fifth time and finally it's the middle of the day and it's like, I don't know how hot it was actually, but it felt like it was 130 degrees. It's probably like 170 degrees inside that border shitter. And I'm sitting in that fucking porta shitter, and it is so hot, and I am so dehydrated from shitting my brains out that I reached forward and I l- unlocked the porta shitter, that and I started leaning forward so that if I died, like yeah, I would just one. fall out of the porta shitter and somebody could come rescue me. And then, yeah, it was a fucking terrible thing, <laughs> dude. Try being same
4: similar thing we'd been out on with the peshmerga and our resupply or our relief got blown up same mission same time the day after i almost died in the shitter and uh we literally had a guy with a laptop with a bunch of porn on it (laughs) and the peshmerga squad that was with us they were going freaky 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 (laughs) and we were trading them like here and they went down to the local market that we could literally overwatch from the rooftop the position we were in and they went and just straight up jacked people for chicken and rice and came back and made us this meal well a couple days later we're sitting there and we're getting i'm bubble guts bad like we got hit i got hooked up with a thousand mill mills iv before i went out and they're like no you're going gave us the little brown pills that make your guts bad it was so bad i shit twice on the way walking back up the hill went out on mission probably the third house we hit i boot the door in and i fucking blow my o-ring out shit my (laughs) pants explosively and the whole rest of the time everybody's laughing at me because i'm on a knee and i had to keep executing and i'm just sitting there with shitty pants for four hours clearing houses like sick as hell from
0: that same thing yeah they gave me some medicine yeah. and i was all good the little brown pills like that big yeah that was, make your guts hurt it, really it was bad some dumb shit it took a couple of days and it was all good but you know i didn't die yeah but you know it stopped me from ordering chicken <laughs> like no more of that shit. But. Well, it's gotta be tough <laughs> when you see all that stuff right there. You know, oh, and, like dude. you're
2: eating MREs and stuff, and you're in a desperate situation. Was, well, There's a market and right, it, right there. It's
4: some of it. when we we're doing the elections is these local Kurdish families because uh, we were protecting election sites. I was uh, rotating them with snipers in Overwatch, protecting them. And um, my pl was bringing us like a local Kurdish family made. Bo- uh, there was a baker, and he
0: was making baklava.
4: Oh, fuck. Best shit I ever had. Yeah. It was so good. He I feel was like, that's like be a "I'll tell safer you what. Anything then. after <laughs> more
0: like, than thirty days of MREs is the best shit you've ever had. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck what it is. Like, I even like MREs, but it gets exhausting. You know when you have? Did you get the tea rats too? Did they give you those fucking tea rats? Yeah, the when, we were, when we were when we were in
4: Rawa, they were that was our one hot we got every day, and it was literally. Uh, the like Thanksgiving meal so it was turkey stuffing and like the mixed vegetables and it, yeah. we I got so sick of Thanksgiving dinner every night and uh, all the water was hot though like not even warm I mean like hot like hot tea uncomfortable to drink is what you had to drink I may or may not have threatened somebody's life for not giving us ice when the reefer truck finally came in because the guy tried to be an asshole because we weren't there on time because us being out on our mission went longer. And some asshole sitting here in this reefer truck with a whole bat, like literally a mountain of ice behind him in bags, sits there and he goes, you guys were supposed to be here an hour ago, Sergeant. And I go, I'm coming in to get ice. He goes, nope, your time's up. And I said, I'm going to bury you under those bags of ice.
0: Yeah, I never had anything cool. And I literally <laughs> went and, but
4: no, throwing those ice in, like, as soon as Good. you had, like, cold water was like gold. You yeah. haven't had anything that, and it makes you, like, realize why Native Americans, I guess, apparently I had a buddy of mine tell me this. He said they would actually say cold water was bad for your heart. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were drinking from a cold stream, like a glacial stream, or apparently, I don't know, this is what he told me, and he said, because it could shock your system. Is that
1: like, yeah, if you go from super hot and then drink super cold? And it
4: was. It was almost like going in shock. Like, I felt almost a high from the ice cold water. Like, you'd come back on mission and have that cold water finally... And you'd slug it back and it was like, you'd feel like the head rush, like everything. It was literally like, this is the best thing I've ever had. You are water. It's like
1: you're like actually turning your whole like self is like becoming alive again. And it's like the, probably the best thing ever, best feeling ever. Yeah, Yeah, dude.
0: I drink everything with ice. I don't like anything cold or hot. Not a big. Co- coffee ice too How do you yeah. Mean, I I even yeah i drink tea hot no man i every every drink i drink i like cold hmm. i don't like hot drinks at all
1: do you, when you drink iced coffee are you drinking are you kind of chugging it pretty fast or you still sip it like it was hot
0: mm, i have no idea I drink
1: it like <laughs> yeah. a, like what about what about like drink? you in the <laughs> I, cause a, yeah.
4: I know you like the pumpkin spice and shit though even in the winter
0: Oh yeah, everything's cold for me, man. Really? I, mean, I don't oh, yeah, like hot. Yeah. drinks. I've never at, noticed that. I know you like a bunch of different drinks. I don't like hot drinks at all. Huh, dude? Like everybody likes hot cocoa and shit and hot coffee and like that is not my jam, man. Huh? Yeah, oh, I'm about with the you iced coffee all year round. About the brew. only thing that I'll drink like hot and brew. only when I'm really cold, like when when we were in, when I was in the military and like we'd go out like at Fort Riley and we go on a we'd go out to the field or whatever. They'd bring those broth, the hot broth. And that I didn't mind. I like broth hot. I don't like broth cold. I, I feel like I, broth's almost like a food. I had a, it is. I had, yeah, had a it's back. It's like it, it warms you up.
4: You know those little uh, round deals of the bouillon cubes. Mm-hmm. So when I would, I I hated MREs in training. So I'd bring my own chow, like cans of meat or whatever, and then ramen, and I'd make my own. And I remember one night we went out, and it was miserable movement. I snapped my ankle on the way out, and I was carrying my ruck and another guy's ruck because he's been a little bitch. But anyway. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't sleep. So I just stayed awake with the guys at our strong pointed position in training. And I had a little, um, uh, REI was right up the road. And so I had a backpacking stove that I always brought. And I literally just sat there with every shift and I was just heating up, bullshitting with them to keep them awake. And I was just making the bouillon, mm-hmm.
0: keeping them warm. And they were like, "Dude, that was the best time on guard." That's how I get through long fasts. Like if I do a super long fast, like anything over seven days, yep. I'll drink broth, like bone broth and stuff like that. I do, 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 yeah, do a dirty fast. Yeah, I'll do a dirty fast. Fast for
1: seven days like yeah. now. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I do a I do a seven day fast every quarter. I do a minimum of a 36 to a 48-hour. I'm on fast right now. I'm on a 48-hour right now.
1: You do it for weight loss or for like… Health. Yeah, it's Or uh,
0: autophagy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. autophagy, and it it lowers your blood pressure. It does a lot of good things for you. Mm -hmm. And so uh, (laughs) I I fast every week. I do at least, like I said, a minimum of a 36 to 48-hour fast per week. Mm -hmm. And then uh, every quarter I'll do at least a seven-day. Um, my longest fast, uh, well, I've done a 21 day clean fast yeah. and then I've done a 40 day dirty fast. What, what does that mean? What's um, so a clean fast is when you're water. just basically black coffee and water, you don't take in anything else, and uh, no you, nothing that will will, will will, cause you know to, to spike your glucose or anything like that. So, circadian um, rhythm is like yeah, part of that. The, the biggest benefit to that, well, in, the, in that period, I was doing it because uh, I was extremely overweight. And, you know, and that's where a lot of people don't realize is that everybody has these uh, misunderstandings of like, we're like camels. So when we store body fat, that's our nutrition, right? You don't need food if you have body fat.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so it's a reserve. It's a reserve. Mm-hmm. And so you need water, but you don't need food. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I did for to lose a lot of the weight is I would go on extended fast and then I would do other things like, you know, low intensity workouts and stuff to like increase like growth hormone levels and you know, well, and that, while especially you're while fast. you're fasted. Yeah, yeah. Especially while fasted. Like that's what that's why I do a, the 7-day fast every quarter. I do that to get bigger. Like that's how I put on all my mass. Is uh, I'll, I'll go on a seven day fast, and and between day zero and day seven, your levels of growth hormone continually increase, and there are supplements like. Uh, L glutamine, 5HTP, yeah, yeah, yeah. L glutamine, 5HTP, uh, boron, DHEA. zinc, DHEA. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll take those supplements during that fasted period, and then I do long, slow, moderate intensity or heavy lifting type workouts. And what you're doing is is you're spiking your growth hormone levels. And then you're essentially in that fasted period, you're shedding body weight, but you're also producing a lot of muscle. Well, mm. and, and that's and, and how what, I maintain my mass. Most
4: people don't know, but like for strength stuff, you can actually work strength every single day because the recovery is so long mm-hmm. between sets and stuff. And because of what it does to your central nervous system, it it spikes that as well. Yeah. So there's ways to do that i mean even like uh our buddy smoke right now he's on in the middle of a he's on day like five of a seven day fast and he's literally
0: lost seven pounds in the last one he's
4: lost 70 pounds the last four Mm -hmm. months Uh, when i came uh, off
0: that 21 day fast i lost over three inches like literally
4: i guess it starts with like water
1: weight and then eventually gets into like your fat well you can
0: even do other stuff too like even if
4: you do apple cider vinegar uh in the morning and even just go on a walk what it does the the fat cells how it frees them in your body you'll immediately start burning that so just a slow walk if you're burning fat it makes that energy source yeah. available And it's biohacking and shit.
0: i'm i'm all yeah i'm super into biohacking like incredibly into biohacking and Essentially, like I walk around in a state of ketosis because I don't eat sugar at all. So I don't take it. I try to take in zero carbs. In fact, I'm pretty much carnivore only at this point. And uh, so most of the meats that I eat, all meat. The only difference is, is uh, not a purely red meat. I'll I'll mix it up with like pork and chicken and lamb Mm -hmm. and other things like that. But primarily I eat red meat. And then um, I do eat vegetables every once in a great while and, and i don't really know where i'm at with that I, the science on that is really inconclusive but the science with all nutrition is inconclusive it, it is it, yeah. you can make any point you want to make right mm-hmm. because
4: some of it like you'll hear the body type thing which yeah. there's some good there well, is some science behind. you'll hear
0: the good
1: but there's there's well, always something well else. That,
4: that's where i was at with carnivore years ago i i said okay well i want to see the blood work well now there's enough it's still anecdotal but there's enough longevity of evidence where there's not a good counter argument to going straight carnivore that i've
0: seen i have seen no you know the only thing that i do is and and the theory behind this and again and i'm not promoting this as actual perfect science okay but i don't agree with any nutrition science from any argument because it's all has holes in it right i I think it just comes out to what works for you and you specifically and i know for me I, i spent the better part of 10 or 15 years of my life following weight watchers and atkins and just about every fat trendy diet bullshit and working out six times a week and, and killing myself and i walked around 30 pounds overweight mm-hmm. i was constantly fat okay. and so the changes that i've made in the last three years that have led me to this direction and the, the results speak for themselves mm-hmm. so it's i'm not going to sit there and argue with somebody that i'm right or wrong all i know is for me this works right, yeah. yeah and i right? mean even yeah.
4: like in the last four months i've uh I've always done some level of an intermittent fast or one meal a day. just kind of depends. Adding strength training and then – because I'll actually do a crazy cheat meal once a week that you wouldn't think would be – that I've played with. Like, hey, what do you have once – like on Saturday? I had a medium Mm -hmm. pizza from Papa John's. Now he's going to have a heart attack here and that. But because it confuses the leptin levels and the leptin sensitivity in my body – I'll wake up leaner the next day. I won't feel as good, but I will tell you, even in the fasted state and everything else, I work out twice a day, almost every day a week right now. Like today, I woke up, me and Eric went down, I did strength, and then came home, hydrated, took uh, the supplements you talked about mm-hmm. right after, right? And then I went straight to jiu-jitsu for an hour, and I feel great, like how I feel... And see. I've continued, right now I'm walking around somewhere between 12 to 13% body fat. And I've dropped probably, and I've put on, and, and I've, like, this morning on the sled, I got almost 700 pounds. Like, I'm benching about 250. I'm walking around right now at about, depending on the day, between
0: 165 and 170. Right. Like, and it, see, for me, I have a gluten sensitivity. <laughs> so if I was to do the same thing, that I, would, would, murder I would be bloated for a week. You know, and and that was back to what I was saying about vegetables. You know, the argument of vegetables is that we weren't really designed to consume vegetables. Vegetables have a natural toxin, and it's a defense, right, from animals, from eating them and everything else. And so if you look at the animals that consume vegetables, like cows, they have multiple stomachs deliberately designed to process that. Are you talking about the
4: four-chambered stomach thing? Yeah.
0: And so... When you, so the theory from the carnivore side is that, you know, one thing that I do, that I deliberately do is is I will only try to consume grass fed meat and things like that because you consume the nutrients from the animal that's eating them, right? And so you're getting those trace nutrients. But I also believe, and, and I heard an argument, I think it was on the Joe Rogan show, he had a guest that said that he eats vegetables every couple of weeks or whatever because, uh, he feels like it is poison or it's toxin but he thinks it's good for his immune system and so because i've been doing this for so long and because i fast and because i i understand my body I know the difference between artificial hunger and cravings. And like if I get a craving for something and and I can pretty much narrow it down to what it is, then I'll allow myself to eat whatever that is. Because obviously my body is telling me I need that. Yeah. So I'll sit down and I'll have vegetables or whatever. And I eat a lot of fish and other things. So, you know, it's I think it just comes down to individual choice. But, you know, unlike unlike Sarge, you know, I haven't worked out like seriously in months. Absolute months. Everything, all of the muscle mass that I maintain, all of my weight, I do that strictly through diet, and I just maintain activity. And so I, it, I don't take time. I don't. I'm too busy. I don't take time out of my schedule to work out. I incorporate working out as part of like my daily routine. or well, yeah, and working lot, on the house or, or whatever. A lot of mine's sport, sport specific too. But right, uh, yeah, I'm not competing or doing anything like that. So, right. um, and but I, I'm not out of shape. Like, no, no, not, you know, not at all. You know, my level I would still consider relatively high. Right, and I,
4: I, I think, and we've sort of talked about this before, and I don't know what ultimately the right answer is, but even if you look like old texts, biblically, right, they had bread in the Bible. Well, most people know like Ezekiel bread. There's an exact how they made bread, but what they don't realize is they sprouted the grains, like how they were processed and everything else. I firmly, I have a firm belief that most of the problems we face nowadays is the additives and the other things. Agreed.
0: The quality of the food isn't the same. That yeah. is well because okay. it's designed to be. Well, it's outlawed,
4: and I've talked about it before on here. Like, if you look up even the ingredients on a bag of Doritos in Europe versus here, it's yeah. they're different. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. different thing. Yeah, its it appearance, is, yeah. it's, it, it needs to look nice. I, I
2: went to school in London for a semester, and when I came back, just from eating just regular American stuff, I got, like, violently ill for, like, 48 mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. Yeah, the di-
4: the dyes and the other—the mm. the crap that's put in it, like, uh, most of the time, like, like, last night when I came home from uh, training, I just had—I had a salad, and I had a very low-carb, like, six grams of carb wrap and fiber-heavy, and a bunch of pulled, like, a— uh, uh, almost like a taco beef I made, right? Just massive amount of meat in this thing wrapped in a shell, a very thin shell of carbs. And I was satiated. I slept well. Because that's the other thing. You got to think about it. Coming from a... As humans, we didn't have the availability of things. Typically, we were out hunting and gathering, right? And even agrarian cultures, like if you had a bad harvest, you still had to handle business. So... At the end of the night, you weren't ha- getting up, having a big breakfast, and doing all these other things. So if you went out, you killed something, what were you doing? You were probably eating, having sex, and going to sleep, and getting after it the next day. That's probably what you are doing. You were striving to reproduce, and then eating the animal you killed if you had it. It's so
1: all it, opportunistic. Yeah, That's why we're omnivores, is because we're opportunistic we yeah. eat what we can and what doesn't kill well, us. well it's they, like
4: when i went to the crossfit uh l1 certification um they were talking about they they advocated for two two primary diet types one was the zone diet and the other one was paleo and paleo both had basically followed the same principles and it was generally like if you can pick it up off the ground and eat it or find it in nature you're probably yeah. okay there's the whole thing with uh
1: the the skin of like whatever it is like if it's hard to like get to there's probably some type of toxin in where if it's like easily accessible like a berry or something like that then it's probably more uh your body can take it in better does that make sense like and i i don't know about an avocado because that's kind of easy to break into but like a coconut or something i don't know like a certain shit that has like a weird cover or maybe wheat Like, wheat's kind of hard to, like, get to. You have to process it to make it edible. Well, and
4: Rev and I talked about it one day. We we went to lunch after we uh, helped a fighter do a thing, and we were having this conversation over lunch, and we were kind of going back and forth about the nuance of if things were okay to eat, and he kind of conceded a point. He was like, at least if it's in season, maybe. Like, I don't remember what you said exactly. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's one of the
0: philosophies that I have, and, again, it's a personal philosophy. But, you know, I try to – With a lot of things whether it be mental health, you know lifestyle activity, whatever I always look at the you know, no matter how advanced our technology is We're still the same biological animal that we were 10,000 years ago, Right. right? So there isn't a whole lot of difference in homo sapien and so I think about how did ancient man eat? You know ancient man consumed animals that were high in fat in fact they didn't eat a lot of low-fat animals. They wouldn't eat poultry and things like that because they couldn't survive off of that. And so, when you think about fruits or you think about vegetables, like those things have a season; those have a growth season, they have a harvest season. There's there's a time frame when those things happen and they occur. You, wait, when, they would be gathering them yeah. when they. So were you, you don't
1: believe they ate birds. Hmm? You don't believe they I ate I know birds?
0: that they did, but they didn't survive off that. But they would also they would, be... They couldn't subsist off like that alone. Like rabbit starvation no, no, no. or whatever. So we'll, so we'll talk about that. So I
4: I have taught in limited capacity survival in the Army. And the whole rabbit starvation thing, you have to look... All the cases where that happened, it was typically at high altitude where the rabbits were incredibly lean because mm-hmm. the rabbits themselves were subsisting on like little scruffs of grass. Right. And the people who died, it was from a lack of fat. Mm-hmm those aren't typically the situations in which it exists and you have to look at it in these gathering cultures they would supplement and get fats from things like natural like nuts
3: right
0: your body needs fat to survive your brain needs fat like I think that's one of the biggest disservices that we've done with the Western diet is we've told everybody that you need this low fat high carbohydrate sugar-laden diet some of the healthiest cultures are
4: coastal there's a reason most Mm. cultures existed along the coast and fish like if you look at fish oil as a anti-inflammatory and a bunch of other things it does it's sort of magical like the the omega-3s or whatever that we don't make in our own bodies all of it like the mediterranean diet you know you look at uh, it's a high fat but if you look at the people it's like you know i I
0: look at my blood work i get my blood work done every three months i'm afraid to look at mine so when i was following (laughs) the western diet of low fat low everything i had high cholesterol i had high blood pressure i had all of these things going against me and now i eat all the fat mm-hmm. like all the fat i'll throw avocado in the grill and i'll cook a ribeye and then i'll eat the ribeye with that pork
4: you gave me was like amazing all the fat yeah.
0: dude and now i don't have high blood pressure and i don't have high cholesterol and i don't have any of those things and my diet is i would say 80 percent fat mm-hmm. like fat and protein is pretty much all i take in do you, do you think that has a lot to do with like how much you fast though because you're burning the so fasting much The i would say that um, So what I did when I started this journey is I did everything with baby steps. And so I gave myself three weeks. So I would implement something and I would do it for three weeks. And the first week is to develop the habit. The second week is to maintain the habit. The third week and the fourth week is usually where you start seeing the results of whatever it is, change that you've made. So I would make one change and then I would monitor that for three to four weeks and then I would make another change. And in the time of doing that, what I came to the conclusion of is that 80% of my health is fasting. I can mess around with a lot of other stuff and it doesn't really matter that yeah, much. Yeah, I, I agree 80% with that. of all the results that I get, all of the health benefits, all of the everything is fasting. The other stuff, the carnivore only, like the, that's the reason why I'm not going to argue Sam can do what he wants to do and it works for him because that's really only 20% of the ball game. Like, that 20%, doesn't you can mess around with that all you want if you have a good fasting protocol and you're maintaining a a decent amount of activity and you're doing just a handful of other things right you're going to get ninety percent of the results and i think that that's what's such a disservice to people who don't understand this is because they're going out there like i was i was killing myself in a gym i was doing six days a week of training i was doing so much impact training that i had to ride 100 miles a week on a bicycle because my joints couldn't take it anymore a lot of those were two a days and i was still 30 pounds overweight because i was putting in a hundred percent of the effort and I was only getting 30 or 40% of the results.
4: There's there's a saying a lot of celebrities trainers make, and it says abs are made in the kitchen. But the, that's a very broad statement. But if you look at it, it it's like uh, – I I look at it like uh, Tim Ferriss, like the 80-20 principle. If 80% of the time – like I said, I'll have a cheat. If I go on vacation – for instance, right? And I go, me and Smoke were talking about this the other day. If we go to Myrtle Beach and there's a, hey, this place is on the, you know, the top places to eat in whatever, I'm going to try it. Right? But if the other amount of time, now, you may try it and you may get the taste bud, you know, dopamine kick or whatever. You may feel bad the next day. And this is where the Rev difference. He's like, I'm not going to do it. But the, the difference is as far as a principle for your overall health for America, if you walk around, we are probably the most and this is a I don't know this to be fact, this is my opinion. I think we are the most obese nation on the face of we the are. earth right now. Yeah, I think the scientific and the least and the least healthy and with just a couple small changes <clears throat> Not even small changes, cultural changes, other You'd stuff. You'd have to go against all the corporate... You'd have to go through a
1: lot to, like, make those changes. Well,
4: and, and there's a lot to that. But generally, like, skipping breakfast and just don't... Skip breakfast, don't put cream in your coffee. Right? Yeah, you that actually, you want to make one change, don't eat till about 1 o'clock. It depends when your dinner is, too, if you're eating super late. But if you're going with a sixteen-eight to start fasting... You want to start, right? It's hard. You're afraid of it. Whatever. <clears throat> you need your coffee in the morning. Quit putting cream in your coffee. Do a 16-8. Try that. Like you said, you did the week, the three-week, whatever you just said. <clears throat> when I went to the CrossFit cert, they talked about uh, there's something called, and I may be messing this up. It's entirely possible. It's called blood cycling. So every 30 days, your blood is basically completely cycled through your body. Some of the cravings you get in other things... are or what even tastes good to you are based on your body's responses to other things if you can for 30 days be disciplined enough you won't crave a bunch of the bullshit because even now on my cheat days i haven't done the oh i'm gonna have a medium pizza like i used to do that i haven't like even craved it at all yeah,
1: it's you're not as like reactive. You don't let your body like
4: because that's what hunger is. Is hunger is a reaction
1: to the last time you ate. It's like your body like you know respiking. A,
0: it's an addiction. It, it is an a addiction. Food, food, is food is a, a drug. A lot of the food that you yeah, eat is, is addiction. food addiction. Yeah. and that and that's the one thing that and see, I'm on a completely different wavelength than Sarge is. And and that I I don't cheat at all. I don't have cheat days. And the reason that's the reason hard. for well no, it's not hard. hard not hard. If you it's do not It's 100%. not hard. And I'll explain to you why. I eat to feel good. That's it. And when you eliminate, when you do an elimination diet and you get long enough in the fasting and you start to understand how food impacts you in the way that you feel. All of these things that I associated as normal are not normal. You know, I used to wake up in the morning and then I would feel thin and I'd feel good and I'd get to the end of my day and I'd feel like I put two inches on my waist and I would be bloated and I would be lethargic or I would eat meals and I would get tired. You know, none of that is normal. Or you would eat a meal and then five or six hours later you get hungry again. That's why so many people are scared of fasting because they go, oh my God, I get so hungry. How can you go 24 hours? What you don't realize is what you're having is a withdrawal to sugar. Sugar is more addictive than heroin. I agree with that. Period that's science and nobody's gonna argue that so when you get six hours outside of your last meal and you've had sugar in it what you're doing that hunger that you think you're experiencing thats an artificial hunger that you're having a withdrawal from sugar real hunger doesn't feel like that at all in fact it's it's about maybe a quarter as intense in real hunger you're not gonna experience in 24 hours you're not gonna experience that in 36 hours experiencing it like two weeks yeah you're getting down the road enough to where you're like oh I'm actually hungry, and I can tell you for a fact, you day five, day six of a fast, that hunger that you're experiencing, day five, day six, even with hard activity, the, the, not the last seven day fast, but I did a seven day fast last year with my, uh, when my daughter was in, and I was helping her, we were doing a task rabbit thing, and she was doing lawn care. And so I was going out there, it was the middle of July, 100 degree days, and I'm on a seven day fast spending six to eight hours a day working in the heat, pulling weeds, and helping my daughter do landscaping, okay? The hunger that I felt in day five and day six is less than the hunger that you experience five hours after a sugary meal. It's just not real. Mm -hmm. And so when I say I don't cheat, I don't like to feel bad. Like i was on vacation in tennessee a while back and uh, my mom wanted to go to this place that uh this fish place or whatever and so this is one of the rare times that i was like yeah i felt like i needed some vegetables and uh i ate um i ate a salmon filet and then i had two servings of uh, vegetables that had squash and zucchini in it i felt so bad after that meal it was immediate regret and that lasted for two days two days i can go upstairs right now i can cook two 16-ounce ribeyes and kill that thing. And I don't feel any different after I'm done eating that. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel nasty. I don't feel gross. I don't feel disgusting. I don't feel anything but good and full. So to me, it's like when I look at, you know, I used to have a problem with like cookies or or cheesecake and, and things like that. Now when I look at that food, I have no desire to eat it. Because I don't, I know how it makes me feel, and I'm that. I why am, would I want to eat anything that makes me feel bad? I am that way to a degree, and that's why I said the eighty twenty principle.
4: Because like right now, generally speaking, I'm the same way. Like I don't get, I don't feel the bloat at the end of the end of the day. I don't have it. Yeah. Um. I, but we, I was talking to some guys <laughs> trained at the gym, and I was like, you know, you think about the holidays and where everybody, even people who get after it a lot and this is the way I phrased it, and it's not fair, but it's like, don't become a piece of shit from the week before Thanksgiving until the 3rd of January, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where you just throw everything to the wind. And uh, my mom will make, like, epic desserts or whatever, and I'll eat them, but even going out to eat with my parents a, a, a few times, like, I've changed the things I've eaten, but when I have those desserts, but on average, what I eat every day yeah, I, I don't have that because I'm not getting a crazy. Car- Most of its protein, I mm. eat more vegetables than you, but I don't get the bloat from
0: that. Well, and a lot of the meat I eat too. I hunt, so it's like a lot of venison and stuff like that. Well, that's like, why I said know. I want
4: to. I want to kill. Yeah. I want to.
0: I have a goal this year. After I kill
4: the first deer, I want to all the protein I consume. I want to be that I that I killed. Yeah. Because. Even the stuff like your meat in the store, you know, it's like, Oh, it's nice and red. It's like they sprayed shit on it to make right, it look it's all dyes way. and to shit. make it look yeah. that way. It's not even it's not even real. Well,
0: and a lot of people there's another thing that I'll address too. A lot of people think that you're gonna spend a lot of money. They go, Oh my god, how can you afford to eat meat all the time? Like, look, when you're not buying all that other shit, it's not any more expensive. You save money. You save money. Like, I'm not going to the store and buying bread and cereal and all this other accessory goods. I'm just going to the store and getting meat, yeah. you know? And it's like, sh- I was
1: paleo when, or I was, yeah, I was you were, primal blueprint. Yeah, primal for a while. You guys know yeah. Mark, Mark Sisson? This is
0: like, yeah, I've heard the name. 10
1: years ago. I've heard um, the name. I, I was so, primal for about look, three long years.
0: Long story short, you just find some balls, sacks actually chew on them. <laughs> and that is all the I knew protein you getting and that. all yeah, the I knew oils that we're going to, to need. You like, said that uh, out loud. I'm just saying. No, I, look, it's just protein and meat, man. It's good. I, I feel
2: what you were saying with, um, you know, with the no cheat days thing. Because uh, well, I was a beer brewer for like a long time, so I drank a lot of beer like every day, and uh, I started kind of realizing like as much as I love beer and I enjoy, you know, uh, making it and the different flavor profiles and everything involved in it. It just, like, was kind of making me feel like shit mentally and physically Mm -hmm. with the amount that I was messing with it. So, I mean, I got to a point where I quit my jobs and I stopped drinking and everything entirely. And I feel like I'm not one of those people who has, like, a problem where, you know, if I drink once I'll spin off the rails or something like that. But I feel like now if I just, like, if I start drinking again, it's just going to set me back and it just makes me feel shitty. You know what I'm saying? But for years and years and years, I loved drinking. We had a lot of fun drinking, but, like, now... I just don't really have the desire for it. Like, the way you look at a cookie and you just don't care. Like, that's yeah. how I feel about I don't about drink beer anymore
0: now. or anything like that. I yeah. quit all that. Like, that was something that I maintained probably for the first year and a half. And then after that, I, I kind of got rid of all that. And you know
2: what's funny, though? I still like beer enough to drink, like, an N.A. Heineken sometimes hey, as, like, a treat when I go There are out. no <laughs> calories in you know. weed.
0: Just, yeah, saying. just saying. That's Just saying. That's why I smoke weed. Yeah. Like, you know, it does. Man, and it's healthy, to, like, and it, it makes you feel talk, better.
2: We were talking about this on the way here. Like, I used to love weed. I spent a lot of years smoking weed every day. Um, but all of a sudden, I feel like I just didn't like it anymore. Like, I don't know what happened, but, like, I don't know if it's because weed's super strong now
0: or or what. We, yeah, we would smoke, but, like, trash weed where you could yeah, pass um, a joint around a whole room and everybody yeah, get oh, a no, nice, nice, nice little So close. good now. Yeah, I'm on a tolerance break right now. I got to where I was consuming too much and so i've been on a tolerance break for about three or four weeks yeah and uh but you know it's like all things in moderation right i don't try to overdo anything like health is the biggest thing but you know i was going to mention a a while back another reason why maybe i view things a little bit different than some people is i look at it as mental training right we do all this physical training (laughs) like working out with our body Mm -hmm. and doing all this stuff to get stronger well resisting cravings Mm -hmm. fasting these are all mental things that i do and and i look at it like if i can make myself mentally stronger then that's going to apply to all areas of my right, life totally. right yeah. and, the and I'm going to be with more it. Right. right i'm i'm training my discipline i'm training my my ability yep. to persevere i'm training my my ability to be able to sit in discomfort yep. and not panic don't right don't be reactive yeah. like, exactly yeah.
2: that's that's what i've been trying to get better with with basically like all of 2023 i just kind of like cut a lot of shit out and just tried to i don't know change my brain and body and everything to be better but as far as eating goes dude i don't know shit about food like i eat out of convenience because i'm always on a film set and it's like this is what we got you know what i mean so as far as food goes that's probably something i really could improve on it's but, probably um,
4: just as important if not important than the other things oh yeah, oh, yeah. totally mm-hmm. i mean like, it's, right, it's it's look, fuel it's like putting you bad gas you, right, right, you yeah.
0: can't outwork a bad <clears throat> diet yeah, like I don't care how hard you train. I don't care what you do. You can't outwork a bad diet, and and it impacts your mental health too. Yeah, and that's for sure. Important. How you yeah, because you're swimming back and forth. Everything between, in your yeah. body, you know. So if you're focused on trying to stay mentally healthy, physically healthy, like you need to focus on your diet. You yeah, know? for sure. I do need to focus focus do better with it for sure.
1: With you know, like fasting, I feel like. I fasted for a few days, but like you do get like a real focus when you're in that fast of like' cause oh, that's why people I do it love for, people do it for like prayer and stuff like day that day
0: yeah. the forty eight hour through the seventy two hour mark my favorite thing about fasting is when you get all the energy you get this rush of energy and it feels like you're on fucking crack oh, most... and you can't sit still, you can't sleep like you're just like, like an go, go, yeah. go 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 go. And I love that. That's I look forward to that. that that's Most like cultures
4: the, talk about, <clears throat> even like in biblical texts, they talk about prayer and fasting, right? Yeah. And uh, the mental clarity and the focus, and if you even think about it just from like a primal level, if you haven't eaten in three days, we'll call it, you're gonna your body is being hyper-focused to find the next thing to kill so you can do it. Mm-hmm and just that think makes about sense, it's yeah. priming yeah. it's priming yeah it's like pouring ether in your air intake
0: that was think the about what that was the is. argument that got me to try fasting it's cuz i was right in their thing it's like oh my god you're going to get all this atrophy and your body's going to eat the muscle and it's going it to do all this it seems counterintuitive stuff. and then I, I started then somebody had presented this argument it wasn't my original argument but they were like no that's not possible because if we would have never survived as a species if we were out there on day three and day four, and we were automatically losing muscle mass, and we were automatically losing focus, and we didn't have the ability to think, how would we have been able to hunt? And, and the reality is, is you get this incredibly high energy level, and then your body increases growth hormone for the specific purpose of making sure that you don't consume what you need, muscle,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then you allow yourself to get into this hyper physical state and it you it's exactly the opposite of what people perceive it as being
4: i think the point of diminishing returns i don't know what day it hits at or whatever but i know if you're teaching survival there's the rule of threes right you can go three minutes without air three days without water three weeks without food that's the theory right work output and stuff like that matters obviously if you're evading whatever mm-hmm. but that's the general or three hours without shelter that's the uh minutes hours days weeks that's kind of how it goes uh if you were out aggressively hunting every day or patrolling or whatever probably at the two-week mark you're there's there's going to be a drop-off but for sure a couple days in probably like three to five you're going to get a huge spike where your body's going nope you're getting this you're tapping into stores to get after it, to prime you to make that well, happen.
0: And that was what I told you, and I think that's what sparked you into getting into the fasting, is the first time we met at Jiu-Jitsu and I rolled with you, I was on day 18 of a 21-day fast. Damn, that's crazy. Like, the very first time, the first week I walked into the gym, I was in the middle of the, my 21-day fast.
4: I remember you And fasting. then I
0: ended, up, I ended up rolling with you, and it was you and a couple other people, and I was like, yeah, I was on day 18 of a 21-day fast, and going to the had, gym i had plenty of energy to go do jujitsu for an hour yeah. like you know it was not an issue and yeah. you know and that's just yeah so you got to really ask yourself like you know when you experience things that go against the norm or the narrative right you then you got to ask yourself like what, what works for me right you know
1: yeah. in all in all aspects yeah it's it's uh you know, we're always talking about, like, resting, like, your muscles after, like, working out. But, like, what about resting, like, your organs? Because when we're just sitting here, there's a bunch of shit going on inside us. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like, it is pretty much. There's a whole oh. digestive system. Like, yeah. that's...
0: Yeah. Dude, that's why... I, that's a lot that's of, one like, of the biggest calories just the, right there. That's why the biggest thing I, I think that uh, people do wrong is, uh, you know, we got into this thing where they're like, oh, you need to eat five, six times a day. Well, why would you want to start your system that much? And most of your yeah. body energy is going to processing food at that point. Right. Yeah. Like, I give myself an eating window... And so, and and I've made some changes, and again, I'm not promoting this for anyone out there in the audience that's listening because you all do your own thing, but uh, I have an eating window that I eat in, and then I try to consume all of my calories in one to two meals, and I used to try it in one, and that's really, it's really difficult to eat. Enough calories calories. in one meal. It's hard. Even last
4: night I've been in caloric deficit trying it. Dinner last night
0: was like eleven hundred calories. I was full and I know I need I usually give myself about a four hour eating window and I'll consume one meal at the beginning and I'll consume one meal at the end and that's works for me. Now the only thing that I have changed recently and I tell you what I have seen a huge increase in benefit from this. I stopped consuming food at night. As soon as the if I don't get to eat before the sun goes down I will refuse to take in any food. And I started putting all of my eating hours into daylight hours. And I have seen such a benefit from that. I'm sleeping better. I have higher energy levels. Yeah, I got
1: a question. Does it affect your dreams? Do you have dreams different when you're doing that?
0: What I think is, and and I don't... Unfortunately, um, uh, my wife has more information on this than I do, but she, she always reads like general journal articles and science articles and things like that. And so she's the one that uh, basically presented the information to me. And I, I don't even want to paraphrase it right now because I don't have enough of the information, but the argument that she presented to me was essentially that what it does is you're, you're putting your body in a, in a, in a, a hyper state. You're 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 spiking your your blood glucose, and you're getting yourself into these sleeping hours to where your body should be shutting down, not starting up. And when you eat, you're jump starting your metabolism, you're jump starting your system, you're getting everything working, and it just made sense to me. And so I moved that in, and then I also thought, you know, let's see, let's see. And I'm on <coughs> probably week five of this, and man, I have just, you know, I've been walking around with a with a four pack now for about Eight months, I'd say, before I left for California, you know, and and the six-pack thing has been really eluding me. And uh, since I have changed nothing in my diet, other than consuming food only during daylight hours, same eating windows, same diet, same act in less activity level, and I am consistently shedding weight, and and the six-pack is closer and closer and closer. Like there's not a day I wake up now that I don't have visible abs. I'm yep. sorry. I'm not Same. talking about like all day, your actually, goals yeah, all day long, from morning to night. I always have visible apps. So I'm, ta- I'm
1: talking about what you actually like your dreams when you sleep. Because when I was fasting, I would have like vivid, my dreams would be more vivid. I don't know what that the reason is. I don't is that. really
0: dream a whole lot.
4: so I, I really I can't hear that, relate yeah, to that. I, I do sometimes. I don't know that I've noticed it more when I fast. I will say, I really go back to the just being more natural. So, for instance, like last night, like I said. Came back from jiu-jitsu, changed my daughter, put her to bed, fed my dogs, and then I crushed probably a pound of meat wrapped in a very light shell and had a salad. And that hit, sun had just gone down. I was instantly satiated, blood rushed to my stomach, I, and I made some tea. Uh, it was the system shutting down like i literally was it's was like look you went out you hunted you killed the other thing naturally that probably would have happened is try to reproduce right, right naturally
1: well, I which just is going to shut you that, down i, I was that's just a getting ready to talk deep, about that deeper sleep after that
0: yeah absolutely i was just getting ready. i think that's one of the big things that gets mistaken too is sexual health mm-hmm. like you know i have a very good sex life and having sex at night especially before bed helps you sleep it helps in it it spikes testosterone levels growth hormone levels and all these things well, for you like th- that is something that i think a lot of people really misunderstand that you need a good sex life a good sexual habit is very good for your health not and your mental space well if you think
1: about if you're thinking about us as a species that's everything you do to survive is to get to that point well, of you, reproducing so when you get to that point of reproducing it's like you yes, went out. I met all my goals. I met all my goals. I can go to sleep. Well, you, know you go. Mean? You yeah.
4: get up. You you you've you've woken up. You kind of naturally by the sun coming. Your circadian rhythm is set. You go out. You you pursue the animal, right? Hopefully, you killed it. When you come home, especially on those days, you got your reward. Your reward, right? You're you're consuming that, and then you're attempting to reproduce to further your your bloodline oh, and then and then and then your body goes you got your your reward system and now your body
0: needs to reset because it knows it needs to do it again and that's <laughs> biological too i'll tell you what nothing nothing makes me hornier than hunting season and i don't know why that is but there's something about when i come out of the woods man i'm ready to go yeah. like that is just a biological drive clicking like you into go, something in your oh your yeah brain. yeah the, the wife loves hunting season. Like it is, like yeah, go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> go do that. <laughs> go do that. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. You know, more I'm of like, that. No, fuck I, yeah, man, I do think there's something. You know, it's
4: like the gut bond. It's there's the joke about like Thanksgiving. You know, you have the big Thanksgiving meal, and everybody's sitting there watching football, and then they're sawing logs on the couch. Well, yeah, because on a survival level, they just the tank's full, and they're not getting everything else necessarily, but their body's kind of responding to that. You know the blood going to the stomach and all that. All, mm-hmm. Your body has to divert the energy to that to what's happening, the digestion and moving nutrients where they need to go.
1: So you guys are talking about like meeting the the needs of like your animal self. You know you got sex, shelter, water. Well, food. As well as high but your what, heart. What, what outside of that satiates like your
4: Heart, you know what I mean? Uh, like, we're, it, we're
2: talking uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, here. that's it's, yeah, it's, no, that's what yeah. I'm
3: saying. though. Like, no, we no, like, I think uh, all, all like, of that you
4: don't have that we have the ability right now because all of our other needs are met. I don't want to say artificially, that's not the right word, it's just the word I have. Yeah, like I can go to the store and buy something, even people, even if you didn't have a job and you're on welfare and you were had an EBT card and you could buy food, right? Um. You have a greater luxury. You don't have to worry about, am I going to eat tomorrow? Because I promise you, when that need is there, you know, food, water, or, well, in order, shelter, water, food, and then reproducing probably Mm -hmm. right after that. Once you go all the way through that, then you can start talking about intellectualism and and, and some of those other things. Self-actualization. Belonging. If
0: if I'd make any argument, the more you get back to your biological state, the healthier your mental space will be. I think that a lot of the problems in our current society with mental health is the, like Sarge was alluding to, it's this artificial structure of life that we have. We're not doing our base biological needs anymore. Those needs are met. So if you get to where you're eating at a more biological level, your activity is a higher, you're, you're hunting, you're reproducing, you're doing these things on a regular basis, you're going to find yourself in, a, in especially like you know, high fats for your diet and things like that, you're going to find yourself in a better mental space. And that is going to give you the time. You know, but to, in addition to that, I do meditation. Right, I do you know yoga, meditation, sauna. There is a lot of things that I do specifically. You know, I journal at night before I go to bed. You know, these things are, are mental health practices that are just yeah. as important as physical training. And if you don't do those things, if you're not exercising your mind, if you're not exercising your body, if you're not searching for spiritual and mental health, then you're not completing your physical journey. Nobody, yeah, totally. I nobody, I mean, it's, nobody's It's all reciprocal. Nobody's, it's all reciprocal.
4: Worried, nobody's worried about creating art if they can't eat exactly yeah, that's true yeah. yeah right so everything you talked about the biohack like that level of it the tweaking on a fundamental level if we all were in a plane flying somewhere and it crashed the only things we would be thinking about was staying alive once that
0: was accomplished we could talk about well, expanding and you know yeah, we've, we've talked a, about this before think about it all the way down to like defending yourself when's the last time you've been in a fight When's the last time somebody has physically threatened you? Every day. Every day. But when, right? (laughs) How often do you exercise your primal need for self-defense? When's the last time you killed something? Like, these are things that we were designed to do as humans. Do you think we could outgrow it, though, with evolution? I think, and, you know, here's my personal opinion, and I don't want to put this on anybody because my personal opinions and my thoughts are just my own, right? Whatever works for everybody else. For sure. I think that until we find a way to genetically change our biology, like I said before, we are still the same biological animal that was hunting and gathering 10,000 years ago. You know, these people that we look back on and we think of as like Neanderthals and we think of as like un, you know, civilized people, they had the same thoughts, the same feelings, the same biological needs. Their bodies functioned exactly like ours do. Well, there all that was different was their environment was different well, yeah, I, the think, world around I think them. we have I think we right.
4: have a gift because I higher thought to figure it out though it's like the stuff Grand Hamcock and those guys are doing that we've talked about on here before that we are probably not the first culture that's oh, no, been I think incredibly we're one of elevated yeah exactly and because of natural catastrophe apocalypses that have mm-hmm. happened throughout time just a disaster that yeah. have re- it hit the reset yeah. button. you're saying but I think you know yeah. You, yeah. you look at our yeah. base
0: biological needs you know so why do we have nationalism why do we separate people based on religion or color we do it's those just all, tribalism. those all come honor. from well, those, fear. but where does tribalism come from tribalism comes from the biological resources. need to protect resources. resources exactly so when you have a limited amount of resource and those resources are needed to survive you form a tribe and you defend your resources and you don't want other people coming in to take your resources so that is a natural biological thing even something as simple as being closed minded you know people like to really shit on people for being closed minded but look that's a natural biological state new is bad new it's will a kill a fear you response yeah it's what, a fear response thing
1: is that it's not just protecting like resources it's protecting like uh self-image it's different things nowadays like your social media and all this other stuff Imaginary it's like, but it's stuff. the right. same it, yeah. biological it's same, drive right, it, exactly, it all, go, it it all goes cells. down to the same thing so i'll put so, it to you
4: like this let's say we, let's say i have a for lack of a better way to articulate it let's say i have a deer odd ah, deer that's it we know the rest are wiped out and there's f- five of us in this room and we know how long ish that deer can last right and somebody else comes in i don't care who they are i don't care let's say a a family comes in dad mom two kids we're all going to have natural inclination toward empathy but we're immediately going to start triaging where that empathy would go right
3: Mm -hmm.
4: it's just natural if it comes down to it we'd only absorb so much of that because at some point they're going to become the other because we only have so much
0: well and and like sure. to the point that he's saying it's you know, tragic you, you got true you gotta check yourself too because i don't care how altruistic you are i don't care how socially driven you are how much you want to be of the world right and for everyone and i think that that's a great thing and i think that people do it but the the where i think people misunderstand or mistake is Put yourself in a situation protecting your family if somebody came in and threatened the life of your child i don't care how against murder you are you're going to kill that person sure that yeah. biological drive is going to kick in and you're going to defend
4: your child people who said they don't know if i could ever kill somebody have never been confronted with true violence or or threat to their existence or the existence of yeah. their loved ones i can love stop.
0: i can love people all i want but if it's between you and my child you're going to lose. And, well, and that, <laughs> yeah. that outside person. My they've, love they've... stops there. And that and that's the biological problem, though. It's because <laughs> when we extend home out further, we still protect things with that same biological drive. Now it becomes our tribe. Now it becomes our country. Now it becomes our whatever, right? Well, it's Your the, political it's, party. It, it's uh, the other. It's like one Exactly. The, who
4: was it? Kennedy who said, or Reagan said the only thing that would unite the world would be an external off-world force. Right. Because it'd be the other. Which is still, yeah, the other. <laughs> which No, because the, it probably. would. Because it's like, well, they're coming mm-hmm. here. This is, this is ours. This so, is ours. But right.
0: To, but to answer your, your original question, and I know it took a long way to get to that answer, is I don't think until we are capable of changing our actual biology, if we can't change our DNA and we can't find a way to get rid of some of these base survival instincts, then I think that the ability of the human race to come together is limited see and i don't i even think it goes a little bit further
4: until we have a developed technology that allows for a limitless resource of power and sustenance I, like, think, yeah, I think course, i think energy would be i think we're still there unless we can yeah. somehow make our biology where we don't rely on that well you know
1: they got the uh they're talking about the. Uh the cell created like meats and meat and jar or whatever you know what i mean like lab grown meat yeah it's not g- killing it but i mean it may still technically well, if be we're alive.
2: able to have more resources so we're not all clamoring over it that will
4: as if, soon if, as soon as promote you, more peace <laughs> in theory but then you have to look at who's pulling the levers so there's a lot to unpack well yeah there. i mean there's a there's a lot of just like false scarcity that we live under you know what I mean? Well, there's there's real scarcity, but it's
1: I know what you I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, with the eggs recently, where they're up in the price, just because they were kind of lumping it in with inflation. Well, kind because
4: of, we're artificially killing stuff. So, like, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot uh, there's a lot of bullshit floating above us. You know what I'm saying? Well, be, yeah. <laughs> be, because here's the thing. In my opinion. If you are able to elevate people where people aren't worried about what's right in front of them, and everybody can think, everybody's gonna think. So you got to kind of dull don't the senses of everybody. Keep them. It, it's the let the meat cake. Yeah. What is what is it's that? It's let uh, the meat cake shit.
1: It is. You ever see that movie? Uh said they oh, – what's the one with Roddy Piper where – Them? Them, yeah, yeah, where he puts on the sunglasses and he sees just all the consumerism like uh, – Yeah, it's shit, just a bunch you know. of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah, crazy yeah, how I mean, much a, it's in our face. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot
2: of it is just bullshit. bullshit. There's so
0: much stuff that's bullshit. Yeah. I don't even think if we get to a point to where we have enough resources to equally go around, you're going to fix the issue without fixing the biology. And the reason for that is you still have greed. Right. And the one thing I will and I know I got this from the Joe Rogan show and I agree with Joe Rogan's point of view on this. The majority of people are good. The majority of people stand in line. The majority of people share. The majority of people don't kill the person that cuts them off on the highway. The majority of us play by the rules and we work well and we play well together. But there's that minority that is driven by greed, that is driven by self-interest, that puts those people that are willing to follow and toe the line into a subjective state for the purpose of control. And so unless you get every human on planet Earth to play nice together, you're always going to have that one or two bad apples. And that one or two bad apples is going to fuck it up for everybody yeah, disrupt else. disrupt everything. They're going to yeah. disrupt everything, because they're going to be the ones in control. Because the rest of us are going to be going, oh, here, let us, let us play by the rules.
1: Yeah, maybe we should just be a little more animalistic for just a short period of time, bust out the guillotine for a little bit, get rid of the elite. And hey, uh, no,
0: that's ahead. why a few years ago I, I developed the philosophy. I quit playing by the rules. What I realized is, you know, I, I spend a lot of time monitoring the behaviors and traits of people. And then I also spend a lot of time monitoring in the behavioral traits of what I believe to be successful people or people in power or people in charge. And if you really do objectively look at it and you spend any time doing it, the people that are in power, the people that are in charge, they don't play by the rules. No. They're relying on the rest of us playing by the rules. And so I said, fuck it. I'm not going to play by the rules either. I'm going to behave like they do because if it works for them, it'll work for me. I'm going to change those rules for me. I'm not going to stand in line. How do you keep
1: your like moral compass then, though, in that situation? You, you well, adjust the rules to... like fit your life yeah well, well, i, I mean, try to
0: do i try to do everything in an altruistic fashion i mean i'm not going to go hurt people but you know at the same time I, I think that there are certain rules like that you don't need to abide by that um you know for example you know everybody line up and go get a drink of water okay or you can just choose not to stand in the line and go find your own water right yeah. there are ways to not follow that lead and and that's exactly what you see the people that are in charge or the people that are in power you know the ones that abuse it they cut to the front of the line yeah. but what do other guys do they find their own water yeah right the they, ones
4: in charge make you get in line
0: exactly <laughs> and that's that's what they do but, but no but, i know i know what you're saying about uh yeah just
2: not um not i i would almost put it in a different way like i feel like i've decided not really to take the path that most people do, you know, or the one that is, like, shown to you or that is said to be the best one and decided to kind of just do my own thing, what feels right within me, but without compromising, like, you know, my morality and treatment of others because that is very important to me. But uh, I know what you're saying, like, go find your own water. I think that's a good way of putting it. Like, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say,
1: do you think 100% of successful people, though, have – like they, they they I mean they could be good people, but they could have this separation where they're like, "I need to do this to get ahead like I need to. no I need, no not I need at all a, not at all a, okay. in
0: fact, in fact, this is something i'd like to talk on for a second because I think that that is the biggest misclaimer that people make in the world is we view all successful people or all people who have money in this negative way, and I think that is a self limiting mindset I also think it comes back to there there is a there are things that we were just born into, and but everybody was born free, right? Everyone was born free, and you had aspirations at once. At some point in your life, you were told that you couldn't have this, that that wasn't okay for you, that you couldn't have that, or whatever. And just because you have money doesn't make you a bad person. I know people that are very, very wealthy. When we went to Tennessee, we were at the uh, this Granville, Tennessee, has this Uh, basically it's a Mayberry town now but it's this old school town that it's set up like the 1900s and there was this general store there and it's a very small group of people and it's it's not a reenactment town I, I don't know how else to explain it other than like seriously it's like walking back into the 1900s and this general store that was there one of the guys that grew up in this town um, they have a parade every year where this doctor had delivered 600 babies that lived in this town. And so every year they come back to this town and they have a parade in honor of this doctor. And this gentleman was one of the individuals that was at this parade. And he was walking by the general store and he seen it and dilapidated it and he had just retired. And a few days later, the, the guy, the, the volunteer that was telling the story, I you know, was sitting there listening. And uh, he said, you know, a few days later, his wife came to him and asked him and said, hey, uh, You've been looking for something to do. Why don't you buy that general store? And so the guy went down, and he bought the general store, and he had brought engineers in, and they rewrited the building. And what he did is he recreated the building the way it used to be, and then he started doing this bluegrass music show every Friday night. And he would open it to the people, and then he would come in there every weekend. And he did that for 15 years. And the first time that I was there, back in 2006 or seven. I had actually got the chance to meet this guy and didn't realize it because he was the guy that would greet you at the front door and he would shake your hands and then when he decided to retire or when he got too old to be able to do the activity anymore, He had made the decision to donate it to the Granville Historical Society as long as they agreed not to change what he was doing, that they had to continue on with his mission. And so I listened to it. It was a very heartfelt story and whatever. And so I I leave, I go outside to smoke and then I go to the bathroom and on my way back, this gentleman is sitting on the porch and I go up to him and I start talking to him and I was like, all right, I got to put some things together here because... This building, this was a massive undertaking, right? And this was a lot of value, a lot of stuff going on here. Like, you know, what happened? He goes, "Oh," he goes, "No, the guy was a multimillionaire. He made his money in in real estate, and um, he's like, you know, he he had a lot of money and he did all this stuff and and." and You know, but then he started immediately after he said that, he started talking about all the good that he did for the people of the town, all the good that he did for everyone around them, all the money that he donated, all the time, all the effort, all the energy. And I looked at him right then and there and I said, so I guess not everybody with money is a bad person. And with tears in his eyes, he said, no, he was a great man. That is an individual choice. Money doesn't make you a bad person. Right. Being successful, being wealthy, being empowered doesn't make you a bad person. That is an individual choice. You can, you can be the brokest guy ever living in a single wide trailer and be a complete shit human. Or you can be the world's greatest person. You could live in a $10 million mansion or a $100 million mansion and you can be a great human. Or you can be a complete power-hungry piece of shit. That is up to
2: you well yeah it's a it's about how much you listen to uh that greed that's within you which goes back to like
4: what we were talking about that we all have those like uh biological um you know I'll i'll bring it down like this so it's a a legend or a myth depends how you look at it may or may not have happened camelot right uh everybody knows the legend of camelot king king arthur was this uh benevolent ruler right everybody flourished under his reign he gave to everybody he looked at everybody like even in his own inner circle it was like everything's off the table bam we we treat everything equally nobody talks about what happened after he died right it collapsed because of his sons and the greed right um and it kind of is indicative of what we see and even if you look at Sir John Glove's Fate of Empires where he talks about it like it's kind of that whole thing you know g- good times make weak or uh, strong men make good times good times make weak men weak men make bad times bad times make strong men you're there's a cycle and if people don't have to earn it typically they're spoiled and and, and then there's there's problems, right? Mm. Um
0: I think I, I think it exists across time I think I another it, side uh, of that yeah. story is too I don't think people explore how people in those positions are treated you know I've had the opportunity this last week where um, I have this wealthy individuals that are in my life currently that I'm helping and I did nothing extravagant for them nothing at all in fact if I did it for any of you guys you wouldn't think anything of it you'd just be like hey man I'll buy you a case of beer the guy literally teared up, and he was like, this is the nicest thing that anyone has done for me in a really, really long time. You know why? Because they have money, and people try to take advantage yeah, of them. people are yeah. trying to get something. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, the, the road goes both ways. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's always it, – it has to be. And I think for the individual, I think that's another thing, too, and that's a realization that I've came to is – you have to make the individual choice of the the how you want to be and how you want to live your life you know for one person they can they can live a certain way and that's perfectly okay but you don't shame them for that if i meet somebody that wants to live in a a tent in the backyard and and not have a pot to piss in i don't judge them good for them if they're happy that's the life that they want to live if i want to own a 10 million dollar mansion and drive lamborghinis then that's my choice there's nothing wrong with that either Right? We should respect people's decisions to want what they want and to live the life that makes them happy, not sit there and impose our thoughts, our feelings, our our insecurities on other people that's what i was going to say that's a fear response too because uh
2: you know imposing your beliefs or your idea of what a good life is on other people is a fear response because you're trying to make them into something that's familiar and understandable and right. digestible to the self yeah. which is uh so selfish right. and fearful right. yeah if you... selfish and fearful self aggrandizing um shitty way to be so uh yeah sometimes you just got to like step back and just be like you
0: know, yeah, if do what you're, you gotta if, do. you're the, if you're the guy and you live in a, a modern middle class neighborhood and the, you look down on people that live in trailers, all you're doing is projecting your own insecurity. You know, you right. think you're better than those people. You're not better yeah. than anybody. Yeah, and you they, attach your value to. They're, what they're living you. their life, and if you're the same person and you're looking at somebody that lives in a mansion that's driving the cars that you always dreamed of, and you think, oh my god, they must be terrible or whatever. You know, you see that with uh, beauty a lot, right? We assume that pretty people are assholes. Right? Yeah. We don't assume that ugly people are assholes, but there are just as many ugly people that are complete assholes as there are pretty people that are complete assholes. the end of the day, it just comes down to the human. Who are you as a person and who do you aspire to be? Yeah, it's right. also,
2: um, you know, you're meeting someone else uh, where th- at the moment that they've arrived at and you don't know what circumstances shaped right. them into that. You know, the winds of circumstance will carry you into all kinds of different crazy places and appearances and uh, possessions and... Um, living situations and things like that so you know i try to be as non-judgmental as possible and for everybody
1: to get there that's what like crafts them that's what makes them a person you're talking about like king arthur like he was crafted by his life to get there and then for his I don't, i'm assuming it was his sons or another knight that had inherited they they didn't have they weren't crafted by like his journey to get to that point so it was just like a
4: drop well, it's off like a
2: succession power. or a uh, king lear well, you know no, I mean, if you look at are, most
4: if you look at most of the dynasties of people who are. And, I mean, there's nuance to this, but typically the people where they make their kids still earn it, even if they have money. I had a friend, he uh, I didn't even know this until uh, I was about to get out of the Army. We are getting out of the Army together. He was acting as our armor at the time, and uh, he went to the All-Army Wrestling Trials. And he made it onto the All-Army Wrestling team. And I was like, dude, you're going to go be in Colorado, All-Army Wrestling? He goes, no, I just made a call because Florida State's recruiter was going to be there, and I wanted him to see me and i would known this guy he'd been in another platoon for a while like we were cool but we weren't really tight but i always knew he had a new dirt bike or a new truck or a different vehicle it was kind of weird for back then what you made in the army right and uh he's like no i'm getting out man i'm gonna go to florida state i just landed an all-ride scholarship and i was like why would you do that and he goes you you don't know my family's situation do you i was like no So his parents were multi-millionaires, like multi-multi-millionaires. And the deal they had with their kids, they made their daughter. She had to get a four-year degree. And both their sons, they said, we don't care what branch of service you do. You have to honorably be discharged from the military after serving at least a three- or four-year tour. Whatever you could get at the time. He was leaving service getting a million-dollar check from his parents. This was back in 2001. Sorry. Um... His parents were giving him, his brother, and his brother was in our sister brigade right up the road, giving his brother and his sister and him their beach house in Florida. Even with all that being said, he had a GI Bill, and he's like, I need to knock out school. He was going to go to college, but he had had that paid for, but it was because of the things his father put in place when they were growing up about hard work. His parents helped him, but they set conditions where they still had to earn it. Yeah. And even their sister, like he ended up investing, him and his brother invested, I think, uh, 100000 each in a nightclub. So he was a nightclub owner and a college student going into it. Like all the conditions set, but the work ethic and everything else was there because the parents didn't just go, oh, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. They H- made a Hard
0: it. work and sacrifice is necessary for character building. It's yeah. necessary for appreciation. That's a lot of what's wrong with our culture today is that we live in a world in which we've inherited the hard work and sacrifice of generations before us. And so we don't have to do the same things to get ahead. We don't have to live the same way, right? The home that I live in now is greater than anything that my parents ever wanted to own. I didn't, you know, I had a step up in life already, right? We can achieve things that previous generations just couldn't seem possible, right? So you have to put yourself i think if you want like we were sent you were mentioning before like what do you do hard work and sacrifice is necessary for character development and
3: good, decisions. and
0: good decisions and you have to be there you know i have been as broke as you can possibly be i have lived in the single wide trailer i've had the cars that don't run i have i have been collecting change out of my couches so that we had money to do anything right that you can be at every stage of life but you got to carry that appreciation with you that's character building mm-hmm. right that's part of you and who makes you as a person and you know if you don't have those things you got to find other ways to challenge yourself so that you can develop those same type of character skills
2: i think also yeah. like even when you don't have shit, you have to remain grateful because um you know like we were saying earlier could always be worse a lot of generations before had it worse Um, yeah, I've definitely been at points that were very low, but at those points, I still tried to remain as grateful as possible and, uh, remind myself of that daily, you know, I mean, Yeah, being uh, grateful is a state of mind, isn't it? It is. Yeah, for sure. And to try to remain in it can be, uh, I mean, that's a discipline in in itself, you know, to search for and, uh,
0: remind yourself of those things. I think the key to that is to not expect anything. And to be grateful for everything. Right, yeah. You know, you don't expect anyone to do anything for you. But just be grateful when they do. Yeah. Right? Show your appreciation. And the same thing. Don't expect the world to hand you something. Work for it. Right? Find your way to it. Be grateful when you do receive it. You know? And and I think that's what a lot of people miss out on. Is they don't have a gratitude for the general just life. You know? I'm happy for every day that I just get to breathe. Like, if I wake up today and I took a breath this morning, like, that's a good day. And, you yeah. know, and, and how many people do you see? And I've been guilty of this in the past myself. But, you know, you have one bad event in your day and all of a sudden it ruins your day. Like, yeah. you know, how many more hours do you have left? Why did that one event that was five yeah, well, minutes right. long ruin that's, your whole day? Again, yeah.
2: it's, a, it's a discipline of mind thing. I mean, like, a lot of the time when something inconvenient or bad like that happens, you have to ask yourself, like, how much damage am i going to allow this to do further like i can't control what happened but i can certainly control how i respond to it you know what i mean so um if you allow it to wreak havoc further and further into the
0: future like a lot of time that's your own fault you know what i mean we so. came a lot of w- long way from ball sex <laughs> i was like mike dropped that <laughs> yeah sure like, did. it yeah. just like boom all over the place well i'll tell you what guys i had a really good time yeah hey, thanks too. for having us yeah that's um, been great this was a fan we'll have to have you on again this can't be a one and done. Yeah, I do feel
2: uh, like it's a little unfinished, but you know, we feel that way a lot of the that's time. A, that's when we a do good podcasts. thing at the end of the episode well, where the, it feels un- You guys have been else. doing this
0: since 2013, so I imagine you have a lot of unfinished feelings, or you wouldn't keep doing it.
2: You know, I got to be honest with you. Um, a lot of what we talk about resembles
0: like what we just talked about. <laughs> like uh, we balls we go philosophical for a little while. We talk about balls. You know, I mean, that's pretty much it. So, but uh, you, you got to be able to laugh and have a good time, and at the same time, yeah. you know, you got to make that mind work, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, For sure, absolutely. Well, it was fantastic. So, you want to give yourself a plug real quick, so people can go check you out. Sure. You want me to do it? Yeah, you better do, because you know. Oh you. my God!
2: All right, we got a podcast. It's called Daddy O Patio. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, wherever you get your podcast. Also, I got one coming out uh, in the near future called Pepperoni Jabroni, where I traveled all over the country and world, and uh, just had bullshit sessions with different people. Um, Daddy O Patio. If you like balls, if you like poop, if you like dumb asses talking philosophically. You might have a little <laughs> chuckle at our podcast. Um that's basically it. What else do we have? You have anything you no, want man, to No, like? I think
1: you summed up there. It's it's uh it's it's shit, the universe. It it tries to cover everything, you know, but it's Everything uh, from
2: the cosmos to the shit in the yard. You know what I mean? Cuz it's all connected. We're all made of stars like uh Carl Sagan said.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, think, know, man. I, I think you I'm just, running out of juice I think you just summed plug. up our podcast. Dumbass is <laughs> talking philosophically. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, anybody else that's left out there, if you've made it this far, make sure you hit the subscribe button and click that notification bell so that you don't miss future episodes. We got episodes dropping every week. They will be out by Saturday at midnight, but most are gonna try to drop Friday at four twenty just because we can and that is a wonderful thing but we appreciate you all a quick thank you to our sponsors i want to thank malevolent art studios out of barnhart missouri if you guys are looking for a tattoo make sure that you go over there and you see my man anthony ferguson of malevolent art he is a fantastic tattoo artist his line work and his color saturation and the designs that he creates is just absolutely phenomenal i have several tattoos now several other people i know have tattoos from him if you are looking for a good quality piece and you want a great customer experience Go see him at his shop. It's a beautiful shop. He's got a great group of artists, and he will be happy to work with you. If you look down in the description, you will see a link to Anthony's shop, and make sure that you mention the Stoned Apes podcast, and you will get 20% off any book tattoo. Go ahead and check out the Stoned Apes website. You can go to www.thestonedapespodcast.com. We have links there that uh, you can find all of our episodes online. As well as all of the wonderful places that our guests mentioned earlier, and you can also check up our upcoming shows and get an update on the Willie's project. If you guys are out there, uh, make sure you hit us up. We got some exciting stuff coming with the Willie's project here pretty soon. We're going to be uh, launching a YouTube channel, we're going to be getting a lot of that videoed. We also got some big guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, so make sure that you stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have Jacob Bryant coming down, we got Grunt Style coming on, we got some pretty big announcements coming down the pipeline, so you're not going to want to miss that in a uh, little birdie had dropped me that we have some new apparel coming out as well so if you guys are wanting to get some stoned ape gear make sure to check that out we're got all the kinks worked out and we're ready to start shipping orders so we're getting really excited about that and for this episode guys i appreciate your time the stoned apes are out